0: An elite paramilitary rescue team are recruited to rescue a cabinet minister who crash-landed in enemy territory. One by one, they are hunted by an intergalactic big game hunter who has come to Earth to hunt the most dangerous game. In the 1987 action horror sci-fi classic *Predator*, I'm Connor Gary.
1: I'm Caleb i I'm
2: Colton Jenkins. I'm Christian Anguilada.
0: And this is the 200th episode of FilmGasm. <laughs> Happy 200th Wednesday in a row, ladies and gentlemen. The gauntlet ends here with our awesome 200th episode and second forgasm. I'm joined today by three of my esteemed colleagues. Regrettably, two members of the team couldn't make it, but I know Austin and Josh are here in spirit. I'd just like to, th- uh, to take this moment to say I couldn't have asked for a better team. Thanks for being here, guys.
2: No problem. <laughs> yeah, anytime. <laughs> Uh, I've
0: been looking forward to this for a long time. I've had Predator on the books for 200 for for a few months now. And uh, it just lined up perfectly with the release of Prey. It's like, you know, what else would make sense here? And this is such a perfect fucking movie that it just it's it's what I want to celebrate with. So ah, it's going to be great. Uh, No rewind. No new news. This is all Predator all the time. And let's get into it. Uh. What are you guys' history with this movie? Uh, how you know Predator? What's what does it mean to you guys? Uh, whoever wants to go first,
1: we're just we're just tossing it out there like that—a free fall. Wow, good direction. Um, so when I was a when I was a young lad, uh, my dad was really into the '80s action stuff, and so like outside of like horror films, he'd sit with me. Um, he'd show me a lot of the '80s action stuff. One of the big ones being obviously Schwarzenegger. You know, he loved Schwarzenegger of it, I really fell in love with Schwarzenegger's work. And I remember uh, he brought this from a friend of his on like VHS or DVD or whatever the copy was and um put it in and I he didn't tell me anything about it he goes hey it's just a really good movie you'll like it it's one of Schwarzenegger's best and I was entranced for like the entire hour and forty odd minutes it plays. Um I have loved it ever since. I honestly, 100, it's my favorite Schwarzenegger film. It is my number one Schwarzenegger film for me. That's I, and that's hard because you know it's T2 up there, but it's this one for me. I just I absolutely adore this film. And while I do think, um, you know, a lot of the sequels are fun, right? I, I definitely think you know, like you know is underrated. Three is a lot of fun, and less said about the the last one, the better. Um, obviously they never get close to this. But yeah, this is a this is a classic of action, horror, even a little bit of sci-fi, you know. Um, similarly, like, this is a great film.
0: Hell yeah. It's a genre bender for sure. It's you know, I love that it begins as kind of like a commando-esque, you know, 80s cold war guerrilla insurgents movie and then turns into a fucking, you know, horror sci-fi adventure. And you know, the hunters become the hunted. I I I love how this film does that so seamlessly, it just evolves naturally you don't even like feel the change it just happens wonderful uh christian how about you
2: yeah so um a little bit different so i think i was actually exposed to alien versus predator first just because of like what i was yeah uh definitely saw this movie in like a laundromat like in spanish (laughs) most of the movies i've said we've seen or we've talked about i feel like it's been the same but this one i have distinct memories of like being um kind of in the background, but I really wish I would have seen this movie first before anything, because, yeah, AVP is its own sort of beast, and definitely you look at this first movie and then compared to any of the sequels, it's definitely, like we said, it's a, it's a genre bender. The first act of this movie alone is just like, it could be so many different things, and by the end of the movie you know, and you get full glimpse of the of the Predator without its mask, like it's it's a final payoff that's so awesome. Um, but no, I definitely agree with Caleb that this is definitely, this are like T2, you know, or, you know, at my favorite spots, even first Terminator, uh, for my favorite Schwarzenegger movie. Um, watching it as an adult, I can really appreciate it. Um, I was a huge fan of wrestling. So I always like Jesse, the body Ventura is a crazy character in real life. Um, so I hope we get to talk about him a little bit more, but, uh, oh, yeah. I was listening to a podcast of he was on and, uh, Yeah, just like the set of this movie, just so much testosterone and toxic masculinity just like pumping through the roof. And, you know, you see the meme of, you know, um, Carl Weathers and Schwarzenegger and do the arm grip. Like it is nothing but as like as a guy, you just get riled up to see this, you know, cheesy at times action movie, but still holds up still really good. It's definitely to me. This is the 80s action movie, the 80s uh, Schwarzenegger movie for me. So,
0: oh, yeah. I mean, you've got a cadre of alpha males constantly trying to one up each other. They would get up earlier and earlier to work out first and just be like, you know, I'm I'm the beef, not you. I'm the beef. And it would just it just got out of hand. I mean, I also find it funny that two of these guys would end up becoming governors. Like, I almost wish Carl Weathers would run for office and we get a hat <laughs> trick here. But I think, you know, that time has passed. Like um, nothing, yeah.
1: nothing beats the sexual tyrannosaurus. Himself. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love that you said that. Thank you. I
0: looked into his campaign. He came out of nowhere. He was a third party candidate in yeah. Minnesota. He became governor of Minnesota. He won like nobody expected him to win. So, yeah, the sexual tyrannosaurus triumphed once again. <laughs> And we are going to talk about the body down the road. So I want to save some stuff, but I do just, I can't believe that out of nowhere, he's just like, I'm the governor of Minnesota now.
1: Yeah. And has become like a spokesperson for this movie. He always, cause you know, Schwarzenegger doesn't really do all these documentaries, but Jesse Ventura is more than willing to show up and talk about Predator. Beautiful.
0: Um, Colton, what are your thoughts on Predator? Uh, so, sort of the same thing. I, I was shown this movie by actually not my dad this time. It was actually my grandpa. Because um, but it wasn't this movie. It was um, same as Christian. It was AVP I saw first. And um, that was the first movie I saw in like the Alien and Predator franchise, both. And I was like, wow, these two characters are fucking cool. I want to see them. So I watched Alien first. And then my dad was like, oh, you thought that was cool. But until you can see you watched this shit. <laughs> Predator. And now it's been kind of a thing every time I see
2: my dad for, you know, we don't, we don't live in the same state. So whenever I go see him now, well, We always do that, you know, you son of a bitch, and that that stupid fucking handshake where they flex.
1: Yeah, is it, is it great? Is it to say that like Predator is like a rite of passage as a man. As a man, apparently, because all <laughs> almost all of us have been like, yeah, our dad showed us this, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> our grandpa. You're like, just like, all right, son, you're at that age. It's time to sit down and watch what is probably the manliest film you'll see in your life. Yeah, on Predator. <laughs> If we threw you for a loop, it was like we're gonna watch Enchanted What? <laughs> I'm
0: uh I'm in pretty much the same boat. I saw Alien versus Predator when I was nine and thought this is pretty cool. And then my dad was like, Well, I got some stuff to show you. And we watched Alien, we watched Predator, and I was like, I like all of this. I want my whole life to be about all of this. Yes. So and I never looked back. I mean, my dad came to visit me a few months ago and we watched Predator. It's just, it's just like one of those movies you watch with your dad. It's a weird thing that apparently is universal. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that was universal till tonight. Uh, yeah, it's such, it's a classic. It, as far as my favorite Arnold movie, though, I mean, it's hard to pick a favorite between this and T2. It really is. I, it's got to be just a coin flip on any given day because I, I don't know if I can pick between those two movies. So today it's Predator tomorrow <laughs> tomorrow
1: it'll be yeah time. oh it's t2 no it, i mean it's tough those are like to me like the pinnacle of like schwarzenegger you know and below that would probably be like the original terminator um i know for a lot of people conan but i, I need to rewatch that myself personally it's been years yeah. um commando you know that's up there for a lot of people and that is a really badass movie um but i don't know like nothing has ever come close to like t2 and um, Predator, and even you know the '90s stuff he did that I liked, like, like carrying On Cop* and *Ching All the Way*. Don't get me wrong; those are awesome movies. Yeah, man, like they those two are just prime Schwarzenegger. And to me, especially Predator, this is like '80s Schwarzenegger—like he knew who he was. Like, which I think I also like a lot too—is that all these guys knew who they were going to this movie, and this film plays it. It does not downplay it; it it up to a T. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, Arnold.
0: I was re- when I was doing my uh, production notes, the original plan was just Arnold, like versus the Predator. And it was Arnold who said like, no, I need a team. Like this has to be a squad. And so he worked with uh, John McTiernan and the, the screenwriters to make this team of guys who were Arnold's team. And without the team, I mean, I, it, I'm sure it'd be good, but it's great because of these guys, you all like learn to like within 15 minutes of meeting them it's brilliantly written characters that you, you care about every death in this movie and that's that's tough to pull off
2: yeah i had read that too and i thought that it was really awesome of arnold's because i think at this point in his career like i mean granted i feel like the 2000s growing up i like there were so many arnold jokes and pop culture about his accent and stuff this movie like some of the dialogue is actually really good you know there's like the cheesy quotes you know you know that's just corny 80s movie but uh no, I think it speaks to him like, as an actor. I definitely think he could do it standalone, but uh, it kind of, you know, you ex- certain people you expect to be prima donnas and stuff like that in production. But no, he seemed like, okay, like he's in it like it. And I love that the screenwriters, I think they had a an idea of like who they wanted already. I think they already knew they wanted Carl Weathers. And it's so awesome to see like, yeah, this is 80s action movie kind of fan service in a way. You know, you have Apollo, you have... You know Arnold. You know you have all these people. So it's really awesome that he he did that. Yeah,
0: that segues perfectly into the uh, into my production notes. So let's why don't we get started at uh, that?
1: I'll say it real quick. Uh, yeah. It does show like you know Schwarzenegger in eighty because this came out in eighty seven. Um, you know this was like peak peak Schwarzenegger. Um, so you know it says a lot. You know like you were saying that he was able to put ego aside. You know he is a mega star he isn't he is he is a Schwarzenegger um to say like hey you know yeah you could make this one with just me and it'd be a huge box office success because of my name alone but it works better this way so to be able to put that ego aside especially at your peak like that and say like hey the movie would be better if we went this route that that does say a lot about him as an actor as a as a person to put that aside seeing him in interviews
0: and like, you know, hearing, hearing production stories, he really does come across as someone who is very aware that he owes everything to people who like helped him get here. And he never, he never seems that egotistical. I'm sure, you know, he's had his moments throughout his career. I mean, you can't be, you know, the highest grossing box office star on earth, Mr. Universe and the governor of California and not have one moment where you're like, I'm a badass. (laughs) But I think for the most part, I really respect Arnold for how he's kind of parlayed that into being able to inspire people and help people. And, you know, it's, I really, I really respect him. He's one of my favorite uh, just, you know, kind of Hollywood guys. Cause I feel like he never fell into the trap.
1: No, no. He, he knew, he, like, he knew his persona. He knew who he was. He definitely had an aura about him. I'm sure based off how other actors have talked about him, but yeah, he didn't get, caught up minus you know obviously a little scandal that you know everyone now knows about he didn't get caught up in like you know anything too major in hollywood that most actors get caught up in yeah he's not a saint but i do <laughs> I, I do respect his journey it's like oh, what was it bill burr was it yeah. bill burr that made bill the burr, joke yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's not everything's gonna be an alley-oop <laughs> to lob a couple misses guys it's been nothing but layups for
0: 40 years <laughs> oh good stuff um, so the concept for Predator actually came out of a joke. I found this fascinating. It was when Rocky IV came out in 1985. And someone joked that Rocky Balboa had run out of earthly opponents to fight. Like he's, he's you know, he's fought Creed. He's fought Mr. T. He's fought Dolph Lundgren. Who else could he fight? If they were going to make a fifth Rocky, he'd have to fight an alien. Somebody joked that. And to screen huh?
1: Be careful about the Rocky franchise right now. Stallone's in a pissed off mood.
0: Yeah, I heard the the Drago spinoff. Dolph Lundgren had to come out and say like, I didn't, know Ar- I didn't know Sly wasn't involved. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, wild. But back in 87 or 85, screenwriters Jim and John Thomas read way too much into this joke and started working on a screenplay inspired by it. They're like, hmm, what if a big buff 80s guy did fight an alien? That would be a cool movie.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm glad they did.
0: Yeah, I love when inspiration strikes Sometimes, you know, some somebody can make some stupid Rocky joke And somebody overhears it and they're like, huh, what if And now we've got this giant sci-fi action horror franchise <laughs> It's amazing Those are like, those are the stories I'm going to be looking for Going forward on this show I want to know how all these movies came about Because sometimes it is this crazy
1: So this feels a development how, uh, beyond the bad? Yeah, the bad, how are you? very much so, yeah, good work Thank you
0: I'm pretty uh, badass when I do. But go on. You are, yeah. <laughs> I had to do it one week, and I'm like, "This is fucking hard." I like this. Respect. <laughs> you remember Colton? You were there. <laughs> yeah, Colton. <laughs> uh, so the the original script was called Hunter and featured an entire cabal of alien hunters just hunting different kinds of creatures. And they streamlined it to just one alien hunter going after the most dangerous game: humans and the most dangerous version of humans soldiers so it worked out they you know this is too much streamline it
1: yeah i mean it works out too because i mean think about it, you're using well i like the moon doesn't really specify at any point like what kind of special forces they are. It's just that hey these are spec op guys um the only mention we get is when they find that green braid team that gets mutilated. um so i mean think about it, yeah you're taking essentially you know for earth you know for our planet here our our most deadliest Legalized killers, you know. I can't <laughs> count any on the table shit that goes on. Um, but you know, people that are trained to, you know, take a life, move on, accomplish mission, go home, rinse and repeat. At some point in the future, you know that that is their job, day in and day out. And then you mix that with like the ultimate alien warrior or you know predator. Yeah, no, I can see what they stream mine. It worked out wonderfully.
0: Yeah, yeah, it did.
1: You brought up
2: uh, really quick, you brought up Hunter and I don't know if anyone's seen, but I've kind of like dabbled, dabbled into watching sort of the, uh, what are they called? Uh, mockbusters? Like the faux blockbuster oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. So Buster. I've actually I seen like, Alien versus Hunter um, by someone who like pirated or got that movie thinking it was AVP and within like the first, 10 minutes, the first 15 minutes I'm like, what the fuck is this knockoff bullshit? um so i think it's funny that the the knockoff still uses that or use that name yeah
0: yeah it's funny um and i do like that as the franchise progresses we do get to see you know like in part three we get to see that you know cartel guys and serial killers like how they would handle a predator and yeah. yeah You know, constantly hunting for the most dangerous version of a human it can find. I love that idea and this weird code of honor it has about you know it's not going to kill you if you're unarmed. If there's no sport in it. He doesn't want a part of it. That's that's so cool. Like this this thing is it's intelligent. It's got a code. It's not just some mindless monster. It's 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 dangerous as hell.
1: Yeah, which you could I, I think sometimes some of the sequels they 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 you know smudge it a little bit, but yeah, for the most part, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think it's cool. So basically, we would be fine. Don't fight a Predator voice. All right, whatever you do, don't go out there and fight a Predator so we can all live to see another day.
0: <laughs> um. So once they established soldiers, Jim and John Thomas, they were first-time screenwriters. They couldn't get the time of day from anyone. In Hollywood. They wrote this movie and they're like, let's sell this. And no one, you know, you don't have a hit, don't talk to me. So they did what any budding screenwriter would do in the 80s. They just slipped it under the door of 20th century Fox producer Michael Levy. And this guy was like, what the hell is this? And he's like, oh, this is pretty good. So he, get, he brought the script to Joel Silver, who had recently produced Commando. Joel Silver would become like a, one of the biggest producers in Hollywood. Uh, he gave this film a budget, wanted to turn it into an action flick. So these two guys, just by, you know, their own, like really just cojones were like, let's try this and just put their script under a producer's door and it
1: works (laughs) it's funny in hollywood you hear about all the time where like no one wants to give a first-time screenwriter or director or whoever the time of day because you know they need some they need product to prove their worth but then they don't have product to prove their worth because no one's giving them time of day it's like this weird catch-22 where it's like then it almost sometimes it makes me say what's the fucking point like what is the point like you guys need to read something from a first time person to actually give them that work or else they, it just sits there but Hollywood is a fickle bitch true very
0: true so it worked out Joe Silver decided alright I got this so we hired John McTiernan to direct this thing and McTiernan prior to this had only directed one movie, the 1986 horror film Nomads, which didn't really do well. So it's weird that the producers were like, let's give this one, like, you know, barely tested director a shot. For these screenwriters, like, they didn't even look at them.
1: Meanwhile, Carpenter know. makes one, one, one mistake. <laughs> he can't direct anything else from us. <laughs>
2: no i was uh, looking into the director's like sort of bio and it's crazy sort of the uh, like he's totally bankrupt now and oh we're gonna we're gonna get to that yeah, yeah. it's crazy
0: fall from grace is kind of fucking nuts like um,
2: usually these hollywood guys at least can kind of catch back you know some sort of wealth but you now this guy really went through the ringer yeah colton it looked like you were gonna you were
0: gonna say something do you have a all right, so we had a, a brief technical uh, situation. Uh, Colton's computer crapped out, so regrettably, Colton had to had to bow out on this one. But we're gonna soldier on and uh, continue talking about Predator. If hopefully, if he you know figures out the situation, he'll jump back in. If not, you know we'll see him next week. So sorry, Colton.
1: Or Has he been pressured? <laughs>
0: Ah, two hundred already feels cursed. You know what? We're gonna keep going.
1: <laughs> this is always a thing when we do our our like big episodes. I know people just go down.
0: Yeah, it's. I'm waiting for like a full blown
1: fucking fire for the three hundred. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, back to I believe we were talking about Jonathan. Yes. Uh, yeah. So Nomads. It was the only film he'd done before this. I guess Joel Silver enjoyed Nomads, so he brought. McTiernan on to direct Predator, and this would be such a hit, it would give McTiernan a, you know something to brag about, and he would follow this with Die Hard, which he would then follow with The Hunt for Red October, Last Action Hero, Die Hard with a Vengeance, and The Thomas Crown Affair, as well as a few duds like Medicine Man, The Thirteenth Warrior, Basic, and the remake of Rollerball. So not you know, not flawless, but. His when he hit, he fucking hit. (laughs) What, what some heavy hits he had. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, just the, I mean, just, just have Predator and Die Hard as you're like back to back. I mean, that's all you need, but he kept, kept turning them out. I'm impressed.
2: Yeah. I did not know he did both uh, Predator and Die Hard and uh, Red October. And so I was really like, this guy is the action guy, at least for a while.
1: Yeah. For for a while.
0: For a
2: while.
0: (laughs) For a while until, uh, He would end up serving 10 months in prison for (laughs) lying to the FBI about his involvement in a wiretapping scandal. He's since been released, but has not made a movie since 2003. So I think he's just done with everything. He, uh, yeah, he said he hadn't hired this PI, but he had hired this PI and he lied to the FBI and they were like, well, we're going to make an example out of you. And they sent him up, up the river. (laughs) Well, Well, Yep, that's John McTiernan
1: <laughs> Well, you know, when he was directing uh, And he was having those hits in the 80s and 90s Good for him Those are seriously like Die Hard, Predator, Die Hard with Vengeance, Last Action Hero. Like, goddamn, man Yeah, I mean, Predator and Die Hard alone
0: I would have presented as evidence at his trial for like We can't lock this man away, he's an artist, we need him Man knows how to direct action, god damn it. Who hasn't lied to authority once or
2: twice? Yeah, on. just,
1: just the FBI. What is that like South Park episode when they have to like find director? <laughs> what a twist. No, we don't need a twist, and Night. We need more. <laughs> I just
0: I love that they use that to fuck with Michael Bay. You know how much I love fucking with Michael Bay.
1: Yeah. Well, that and then the whole uh Benoit Gibson one. You know, say what you will about how crazy he is, but god damn it, the man knows story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. Uh,
0: here's some fun fact. I, I I love this story. Jean-Claude Van Damme was originally cast as the predator. With uh the intention was, you know, he's a physical action star. He would use his martial arts skills to make the predator an agile kind of space ninja. Uh problem is Jean-Claude Van Damme is five foot nine. And Arnold Schwarzenegger, Carl Weathers, and Jesse Ventura are not. <laughs> they are quite large gentlemen. Uh, in the eighties, they were even bigger. So when you've got three hulking bodybuilding dudes versus a thin five foot nine alien, it's not a very exciting movie.
1: <laughs> no, well, that and you know, if reports are to be true, you know, apparently Mr. Van Dam was quite uh, whiny in the suit and i the only reason i saw him believe those is because i've heard he's not exactly the most amazing human being to work with so i've heard a lot of not great stories about good old van Dam. yeah it turns out like the lesser you like the,
0: the the uh lower you are on the action star totem pole the more of a dick you are <laughs> that seems to be what it is
1: unless you're chuck norris apparently like no one has anything bad to say about chuck norris Oh, because they're fucking terrified, too. I wouldn't I wouldn't say anything <laughs> bad about Chuck Norris.
0: Remember that? Remember that whole, like, fad where, like, Chuck Norris was, like, a living god? Remember
1: all that shit? Yeah. I loved how he played yeah. into it. He has zero issues playing into it at all. He's like, yeah, I'm Chuck Norris. <laughs> he made a joke in Expendables 2 about, like, no, you
0: know, was bit by a cobra, then the cobra died. <laughs> Jesus
1: Christ. Dude, what a fucking... I... Expendables 2 was so fucking good, and then they followed it <laughs> up with a <the> third movie. <laughs> fuck you expendables franchise god damn it yeah (laughs) you had van damas the villain you had them fully embracing all their various action stardom and then they're like expendables 3 we got mel gibson clearly not trying and a bunch of young actors you don't care about
0: i fell asleep when i saw expendables 3 i don't remember it
1: at all oh and and pg-13 let's not forget that (laughs) pg-fucking-13 Uh, I, would have loved to, I would
2: have loved to see uh, Van Dam do a split kick though against the alien.
0: He doesn't too. He doesn't too. Oh well, well, yeah. really? In, uh, in Expendables too? Not, not Predator.
1: No, sorry. Oh no. No, in Predator.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that would be cool if he did in Predator. Though. <laughs> did you see? Have you ever seen test footage of the original design
1: of the Predator? Yeah, of course I have.
2: Yeah, it's I like a know. bug,
1: like a weird bug man. And he's like yeah, running it's like, through no. the jungle. He's like. Are you kidding me? Bug slash lot. I'm so glad they end up ditching that in favor of what they do have. Because what we have is probably one of the most badass creature designs in film history, in my opinion.
0: Oh yeah. When we get to film guys in facts, we're gonna get into how that design came about, and it's a really just chance. Uh, but obviously, Jean Claude was. They wanted a physically more imposing man. The creature had to look more threatening. You got. You got to. You got to have a creature that looks like it could throw Arnold around like a rag doll. And five foot nine Van Damme in a blobster suit. Was not the was not the call. Just they, thankfully, they got they didn't get too far into filming before somebody was like, "This isn't going to work, right?"
1: <laughs> just, I don't know, like Schwarzenegger looking at Van Damme like he's a puny peasant as he's just chomping on that cigar. <laughs> Smart money's on Dutch taking all bets.
0: <laughs> uh, and Van Dam constantly complained about the suit being too hot, causing him to pass out. He also had reservations about you know only appearing. On camera in the suit. He's like, no one's going to recognize me. I want to be recognized. And he was just, he was complaining, in, but in a situation where they literally could get anyone else.
1: Yes. And also, with all the other craziness that happened on that set, filming in a fucking tropical jungle, I'm sure they're sitting going, like, dude, shut up. You're not the only one having fucking issues right now. Bugs, snakes, storms,
0: dysentery, all of that shit happened while they were filming this as well as insane stunts testosterone fights and yeah. a complaining van
1: damme i say if you pay attention to Schwarzenegger, he gets skinnier as the movie progresses and it's not because he's watching his his food intake actually everyone on
0: set got uh dysentery except arnold and mctiernan because they weren't drinking the water they were drinking their own water but they all got everyone else got really fucked up
1: I Look, I've been on deployments for foreign countries, like um, I've been to India. They will tell you off the bat, don't drink the water. You just don't want because they do not clean it the way we do. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, they ended up changing, you know, everyone was like, we don't like the design. We don't like Van Dam. It's not intimidating. It's not scary. Let's, let's scrap it. Let's start from scratch. So, they fired Van Dam. They redesigned the Predator. They hired Kevin Peter Hall. Seven foot two, Kevin Peter Hall,
1: <laughs> Who yep. just
0: he just finished work as uh, playing uh, Harry the Bigfoot and Harry and the Hendersons, and there wasn't a lot added to his height. <laughs> he's just naturally
2: tall as fuck. So he's the guy.
0: He played Predator yeah. in the first and two mo- uh, first and second movies.
2: No, I really I will say that uh, sitting on uh, Van Damme right now, you know for sure about him being like complaining, but. I think uh, as Kevin Hall, he definitely deserves his flowers for the like bodywork of this because it's so imposing. And yeah. I mean, for even like the the camouflage things it really builds up and then you finally, you know, one of the things is like with, you can't reveal like the whole monster too much or too soon. And it kind of, you know, but the payoff is there with this movie. And then when you do see him, it's so imposing. Um, and then the practical effects of the movie are so fucking good that they hold up to this day
0: yep that's stan the man winston right there so maybe the greatest vfx artist of all time just, just uh, stan
1: man winston Damn right
0: okay <laughs> Wanna give uh, i love stan winston i got mad respect for this guy no, stan,
1: stan winston's awesome and no the, uh, kevin peter hall yeah he doesn't get talked about enough for his work in the first two predator movies um, but he's really and again it kind of goes back to what we've always talked about with like to an extent with like you know the michael myers and jace boy's talk we've had about actors that are covered in whatever where it be a you know a costume on this case a bunch of prosthetics and they have to emote much differently and again you know people being people they don't serve it art it's the same thing when you see like certain metal bands like slipping on a kiss i get considered lesser than because they go on stage looking the way they do um mm-hmm. Cooper right for the longest time but it's like you no know, they're they're in the acting side of it, you know, he's he's doing everything he can to show you how physically imposing this fucking predator is, um yeah. to the point that like I, you know, I watched an interview for the guy playing the new I forget his name right now, but playing you know, the predator and the new one coming out prey, and he talked about how you know he would you know how he he did his homework, he watched how you know, the predator was portrayed in this film, you know, I know what to do in this one, but also in keeping in mind that this is an early predator, this is not the one you saw in the movie so he what he would do to kind of add his take to it add a little bit of flavor to it and based off the trailers like i think he's going to crush it as the fucking predator for me like the, that that's probably looks like it's going to fucking take fucking names Going to kick ass and chew bubblegum it's all about bubblegum <laughs> yeah. well
0: kevin peter hall was the template you know he he was the first predator he i think is one of the best uh like you know, monster actors ever, just what he, what he does with the predator, the way he holds himself, the way he, you know, is not quite human, but also like, you know, learning from them and taking what he's learned and putting that into his own performance. It's, it's really brilliant. And it, it's a damn shame we lost him so early. He was, um, he was 35 when he died. Uh, he, uh, unfortunately he had AIDS and he mm. died in 91. So we lost Kevin Peter Hall way too damn early. I think Predator 2 was his last movie, but his legacy, I mean, fuck, just, you know, these two Predators and Harry and the Hendersons, this guy was amazing at acting through costume and just his height. I mean, Jesus Christ, seven foot two. I can't imagine. I've never met anybody that tall, not even close. I, I can't physically, I can't physically like imagine
2: how tall that must be. It's crazy to me.
1: Fucking huge
2: yeah unreal no i think yeah the guys behind the mouse definitely i feel like nowadays they're starting to get more recognized like with doug jones like at least people are recognizing sort of everything that he's been in um but no it's awesome to look back and actually see the contributions that these people played and trying to kind of give them their flowers with that because you know they definitely do not get the credit they deserve
0: Yeah. yeah well we try very very hard to make sure they get credit here we like pointing out their uh performances and their success because like you said they get overlooked quite often Uh, so they got kevin peter hall he's the new predator as for the rest of the cast we got action superstar arnold schwarzenegger who was the first person to be cast playing team leader major alan dutch schaefer we just dug into him big time a few episodes ago when we talked about the terminator he's a box office megastar former governor of california former Mr. universe and an inspiration to millions and also Chris Pratt's father-in-law, which just makes me laugh.
1: <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, he I, I don't think he smoked cigars before he became family to Arnold Schwarzenegger, but he certainly does now.
1: Well, it's like a rite of passage. You have to smoke cigars for Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Uh, I am looking forward to seeing what his son is going to do. I hope his son, um, good old Patrick Schwarzenegger, can break out of the shadow. I know Scott Eastwood, been kind of having some issues trying to break out of obviously just being the son of Clint Eastwood yeah, Um, yeah. but I hope his son breaks I know I say like I know his son Patrick's first thing, is going to be on that upcoming boys spinoff that they're developing and I remember he made a comment that he actually showed the footage some footage to his dad to go to Arnold and Arnie was like what the fuck are you filming <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, man, I, I imagine saw imagine that conversation just between <laughs> Imagine your dad being Arnold, but yeah, I can just like imagine that conversation. With anything like Arnold watching the boys, like, oh, my God. At the very least, if, like
0: you'd be in amazing shape if your father <laughs> was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, He would not. There's no way in hell he
2: would let his, his kids be fat. He has one kid. Okay, funny enough, right? Not to body shame anybody, but he has one son that's, like, super out of shape, and then another son that's, like, completely. Is it? What? The the kid he had with with the maid how how does what does he how
0: does he look? I think he's the out of shape one. All right, we're we're heading down a a, a dangerously insulting <laughs> rabbit hole here. I think yeah, I think the yeah. Audience no yeah he definitely yeah the Arnold uh, the Schwarzenegger kid definitely gets slandered. Oh man, um, if you want to see Patrick Schwarzenegger uh, deliver a really slimy performance, watch the movie Moxie. Mm-hmm. Um, he plays a uh, a rapist like captain of the football team rapist who's just so smug about it. You fucking hate him in that movie. Uh, That's all I can really recall at the moment, uh, but I'm glad he's uh, kind of branching out, trying to, you know, get out of dad's shadow. Probably, you know, maybe take a stage name would be a good start.
1: Yeah. I I mean, like, I don't know. I just feel bad for some of these. Like, like uh, I know Riot Russell, he's finally, I feel like finally kind of getting out of that and becoming much more recognized outside of being like Kurt Russell's son but you just, I, I feel bad for these guys sometimes because it's like, you know, obviously they're they are not doing it to emulate their fathers. They're pursuing this career because they're just as interested in it as like their parents were, you know, and it, I know how that has to suck when you have a dad like Kurt Russell or Schwarzenegger or, you know, Clint Eastwood, like they are just yeah. giants, titans of Hollywood. People know around the world their name, what they've contributed to cinema and now here's the son, you know, and they're probably constantly in compared to by casting directors and stuff like that and it's just a hard battle, and it's. I always feel happy when, like, these guys can break out of it and actually kind of forge their own path and be successful. You know, like, R- R- Russell, you know, being on record saying I won't do an Escape from New York remakes, I don't want to go my dad's movies. You know, I respect that. I really, I, that's awesome. Like, oh, yeah, do your own thing, man. One of the best don't examples
0: like- of that for me is uh, Jared Harris, uh, Richard Harris's son, who – like fans wanted him to play Dumbledore in the Fantastic Beasts movies. And he was like, I'm not doing that. That was my father's role. I'm not my father. And he's become a very talented actor in his own right. I love him as Moriarty in the Sherlock Holmes, A Game of Shadows. He was great in Mad Men. He's, mm-hmm. he's great. He, he's his own guy. You can see Richard in there, but it's not, you know, he's his own man. Yeah. And it is tough to do that, especially when your yeah. you know, parent is such a titan of cinema.
2: No, I was going to say uh, to that list, John David Washington, for sure. I think he kind of yeah. sw- was under the the radar for a lot of, you know, when his come up, you know, people weren't too, people didn't put the connections right away that, hey, that's Denzel's son. So I think he loved that, that he at least made the attempt that like, I'm going to make my own name. And I think, yeah, the, you know, a big thing, especially like I've seen on like Twitter and like different threads or even TikToks of like, uh, nepo babies that they love to be called and stuff You're like everyone's got connections it's just that's how how hollywood is occasionally yeah. people are gonna make the big break but hey it's very still much a family business uh and yeah no you know some of them rightfully you know d- don't deserve their credit but no i think the list that we named yeah they're really you know they deserve their own recognition aside of from that shadow
0: mm-hmm. yeah i mean that initial bump i mean yeah, it's going to help if you're Arnold Schwarzenegger's son, if you're Jared Harris, I mean, if you're Richard Harris's son, if you're Denzel's son, it's it's going to help. But mm-hmm. Hollywood, you know, that whole industry is all about who you know. If it's your parents, if it's, you know, an uncle, if it's right. some guy that your dad once sold a script to, it, all of that helps establish a career. And what you do from there is is yours.
1: Yeah, as I say, the continued success is all about how you are at the box office or the the TV numbers if you want to do, you know, TV. Um and that's why. And actually, this came up not just because we're talking, obviously, like talking about you know, Oscar and because earlier today I was reading like a you know, top ten who could take over with the role of Wolverine, right? And one of the there was Scott Eastwood. And even I was like, you know what? I think he could do it. I was like, this guy, you know, he's been really trying to get out of his Clint Eastwood shadow. He's not a bad actor, actually. He was one of the few things I liked about Wrath the Man. His like more crazy, psychotic turn he he played in that movie, and he has the build for. He's young enough. I'm like, yeah you know what let's give him a chance let's let's see how he does you know it's like i really i root for these guys that yeah. yes obviously it's who they know and you know yeah actually it's that boost but at the end of the day if they're not getting work or people aren't paying to see them like they can't continue you know what i mean like that's the big thing that people forget. like they have to have continued success to keep going
0: yeah, yeah exactly uh yeah Well, Arnold absolutely kills it in this movie. And he, you know, he looks incredible. I totally believe that he's the head of a Black Ops
1: rescue team. I I love his intro when, like, everyone in that chopper, I'll say like a (laughs) chopper, pops out, except him. He has sunglasses on, fucking cigar in his mouth. Which, quick, quick side note this is just me having actually been in a helicopter myself, uh, uh, being in the Navy. No way in hell, by the way, in case anyone's running, would you be in a helicopter without hearing protection at all? Those things, even inside, are loud. Some of the loudest shit you will hear in your life. It's (laughs) double hearing protection. Even in the helicopter and the talk, how they yell. uh, I've seen the guys. They have have their mouthpieces like right up to their lips. It's insanely loud.
0: (laughs) I also feel like you probably wouldn't be allowed to smoke in there. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no maybe i mean maybe in the 80s it was a lawless race lane yeah. in, in the 80s but that is true that is definitely true. i don't think so i feel like you probably wanted there's too mm-hmm. much damage you finger
2: a black ops you deserve at least one stogie Yeah, he yeah, always I mean, looks
0: like he's coming back from a successful mission i love their constant like hey, remember libya oh i'm trying to forget yeah. it like just the, the <laughs> mission through i love all the nods to
1: that oh yeah well in all fairness i could believe that they would let him smoke because uh most branches, I can tell you right now, like you know, like me being regular navy, they're so like uptight buff You know, I haven't shaved in a fucking day or something about all the grooming and stuff. But man, you see those navy seals? They got long hair, they got beards. They'll be shirtless, yeah. they're wearing like their boots and like like their gym shorts, and that's it. And no one says a fucking words to them. Why? Because they're seals and they will kill you. You don't want to fuck with them. So mm-hmm. I can believe that they're like ah special forces will leave it alone. no funny you bring
2: up seals because yeah that's one thing with the body that he often gets in trouble for or or at least he has in the past because he was like navy uh, in vietnam like the precursor to seals and he's gotten like plenty of heat from from like someone called them out basically saying like oh you know you, you weren't officially a seal you're just a precursor so you don't deserve like the title or like you didn't go through what we went through type of stuff. John, uh, you I mean, if yeah. something to say about it, it's good. Oh, body. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait.
0: Um, next up, we got Carl Weathers who plays CIA operative Dylan, a real son of a bitch.
1: The other uh, half of the handshake that fucking shook the ward.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. I always forget how fucking shredded Carl
0: Weathers was in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, good God.
1: Dylan, you son
0: of a bitch. And he is. He's a complete rat bastard who lies to them the whole time but does get a little bit of redemption right before Predator you know sticks him (laughs) yeah Uh, but I, yeah I love this character he's known most uh, Weathers is known mostly for his role as Apollo Creed in the first four Rocky films he was also in Happy Gilmore, Action Jackson and the Star Wars series The Mandalorian as bounty hunter Grief Karga he's had a bit of a nice career resurgence because of that show and he's
2: great
1: Uh, I've always loved Carl.
2: Yeah, one of my favorite shows is Arrested Development, and I love Carl Weathers as Carl Weathers because it's so believable that, hey, that's Carl Weathers. Hey, <laughs> you got a stew going. <laughs> <laughs> so good.
0: Have you seen you Arrested Development, Caleb? No, I haven't. Carl Weathers plays a fictionalized version of himself who is an acting coach to David Cross's character who can't act, but Carl Weathers is clearly broke the whole time and is giving, like, thrifty advice like not acting advice but like advice on how to save money like yeah. somebody's gonna throw out a chicken bone and he's like whoa whoa don't throw that out some <laughs> potatoes, <laughs> some carrots, some broth. you got a stew going
1: it's, it's great i love an actress who's like that like on a i know i know you want to fan on holliston tony todd's in an episode but he like plays himself as a complete prick and asshole and it's the best oh my god Like he he purposely tries to crash at their place hits on their women like it's it's so funny
0: yeah, I always love when actors play exaggerated versions of themselves. It's one of my favorite things. Uh, and yeah, Carl Weathers as Dylan is just, you know, your typical CIA need to know asshole.
1: Yeah. You know what? But I, yeah. What I love about just going back to that, I can't stop talking about that handshake scene now because it's just so prominent. The way the camera just zooms in on their rip roaring muscles and then they're both jacked to shit. But somehow, Schwarzenegger, what's wrong, Dylan? You got you pushing too many pencils? I'm like, He's so jacked. That is not a man that pushes pencils. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like, well, as
0: soon as their, you know, their biceps meet, it's like somewhere an earthquake happened. It's fucking wild. Mm.
2: Yeah.
0: Awesome. You almost expect the body to walk in and be like, I want some of that. I, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Cavity colors. On the day we're recording, um, they did a they just released their 35th anniversary collection of predator apparel and one of on their shirts has the shot of the handshake with the the line, "Dylan, you son of a bitch" on it. <laughs> I was like, I might have
0: to buy this. It's too tempting. You need to get that shirt. I, yeah, I'm rocking Predator right now. I got a skull with a nice quote. You know, I ain't got time to bleed. So, I'm
1: thinking, man, I ain't got time to bleed.
0: I love that later on he has a patch, like a uh, you know a bandage on his arm, which tells me that he had plenty of time to bleed
2: yeah
0: <laughs> anyway uh we'll get carl Weathers,
1: let's come down and just see the body we'll get some in a minute yeah sooner than you think jesse
0: the body ventura plays blaine cooper heavy gunner who's literally holding a minigun that was ripped off a helicopter <laughs> like the whole time and that same prop would later be used in terminator 2 old painless is the same oh. gun that arnold uses
1: to scare the cops Actually, i didn't know that yeah. Also, don't forget his other title in this movie. That is sexual Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> I was yeah. watching.
0: Um, you guys ever watch Rift Tracks?
1: Uh yeah, yeah. It's like the guys who did um, the original run of the in, in, uh, Science Theater Two Thousand. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can English. <laughs> they're not. They're not. They're not as funny. Rift Tracks. They because they go after like
0: good movies, which it's hard to mock good movies. It's like it doesn't well, yeah, feel right.
1: Usually gets sucked into it. You're like, oh, goddammit, I'm
0: really liking this. But they did Predator. And when Blaine gets blasted apart, they did have one good gem of a joke, which was, oh, I guess that's how the sexual Tyrannosaurus went extinct.
2: Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> you have to think uh, that chewing tobacco sales uh, definitely went up after that one. He uh, had 80? 80?
1: 80? Yes. He has another line of that helicopter that I can't repeat on the air, unfortunately, but it's just, oh, the, yeah. he, just the delivery is so fucking fine to me.
2: Bunch of slack John around here. around here. Yeah. No, if you were to show this, like taking this movie and putting it into 2022 definitely would not fly. Um, but it's funny to see imagine like just showing people who've never seen this before. And that's like one of the opening scenes.
0: Well, I've always yeah. viewed this movie as Blaine and
2: Mac are 100% in a relationship. Yes. OK, I'm glad that you brought yes. it up because, yeah. yeah, they're I love the bromance they have. And he's like, we're under the same moon. Like, that's not just a homie. That's <laughs> well. Well, Blaine has, you know, he's constantly being
0: very, you know, homophobic. Mac, when, when Blaine dies, Mac is very much like, you know, he lost the one person who meant everything to him. Like, there's a there's something there that they're like, you know. When they're not killing gorillas, they're, you know, sipping Mai Tais in Fiji, together like this is yeah. yeah i'm glad i'm not the only one who sees that <laughs> i
1: it's it's it could be there you know but it's just hunting and under so much testosterone and machismo yeah. it is i mean I,
0: jesus christ
1: <laughs> i will say as i know i shouldn't i know obviously we can't repeat that word, but i won't lie when i was watching this last night on my new pristine 4k edition I definitely was repeating the line as he was saying it. I was it's seared in my brain. There's so many lines though I was just repeating as soon as they came up in the movie I just said out loud to myself I don't want to sound
0: like I have I have nothing but love in my heart for everyone who's not an asshole it's the only group of people I don't like but every time I hear that word in a certain context it's the funniest shit I've ever heard in my life and you know exactly what I'm talking about yes predator counts i don't know why it's just because you don't expect it you don't expect to hear that word anymore thankfully because we've mostly yeah. erased it
1: right It's but the out of nowhere
0: shouting at a group of soldiers because they didn't want your chewing tobacco it's like yeah, Jesus. yeah.
1: And it's like the <laughs> dial it time- back <laughs> it's the only time they say it to them. it's actually probably the only of uh, uh, now offensive di- term of dialogue they use in this movie where you're like yeah i came out and everything else you can probably get away with in the movie honestly well they got you know Hawkins
0: constant, you know, jokes about his girlfriend's giant pussy. That probably hasn't aged too well either.
1: I mean, I think that's fine. They're just terrible
0: fucking jokes.
1: Yeah. And also, like, look, I'm just saying this as someone who is military. I know. Military is very on on PC with joking. Like it's yeah. almost yeah, yeah, insane yeah, yeah. how on PC with joking they are. So it only makes sense that in the eighties, Spec guys would say these kind of things. I'm not saying what? it's okay, it just makes sense. Yeah. I do no, I feel like you text. can
2: definitely. Oh, sorry. No, so ahead, so you definitely can imagine. Uh, I think that line sticks out to me because you definitely can imagine. Like I can hear Jesse Ventura saying that like tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, so, you know what I mean? Like that's just the personality he has. He's so off the, the chain, like off the rails. Like, this guy has no like his the life that he's lived, you know, bodyguard for the stones. Like this guy has lived a life. So I can definitely imagine him saying uh, some out of pocket shit like that, like tomorrow. Yeah.
1: This is true, yeah, yeah.
2: That's yeah.
0: Well, let's talk a bit about his backstory. Uh, Ventura was a professional wrestler turned part-time actor who appeared in such films as "The Running Man." As uh, I believe his name was like Captain Freedom. He was a gladiator who's like retired, but he's like, you know, I'm the best there ever was, and I'm coming after you. It was it's a terrible movie. <laughs> also, a Schwarzenegger. Yeah, they were they they became buddies and you know, rivals because. You know, one of them like had slightly bigger arms than the other, and that just wouldn't fly. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's also in Demolition Man, Major League Two, Batman and Robin briefly, which I always forget. He's the guard that Poison Ivy kills with a poison kiss. That's right. Mm-hmm. I forget that every time. Yeah, he's always like, "You can't get, yeah, you can't live outside the cold zone." Every time I hear that, I'm like, "It's <laughs> Jesse Ventura." <laughs> It's a very distinct
1: voice. Uh loud, he as he's a very loud man. He talks. Oh, loud. Extremely. Yeah. No,
2: he's yeah. In my head, I uh, was like a fan of professional wrestling. No, in my head, he's the voice of like the 80s wrestling. Um, because he was the color commentator. But yeah, it's just like cemented, and so you hear him in this movie and drop a an f bomb like that. It's just <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's I do love, you know, but
0: everything else he says is fucking gold, you know, old painless is waiting. And things like that. Like, I wouldn't want to fuck with this guy ever.
1: Oh, no. And obviously, I mean, he has one of the most immortal from the movie with the I ain't got time to bleed. It's like everyone knows that line. Everyone knows the fucking line.
0: Uh, Ventura was the governor of Minnesota from 1999 to 2003 after sneaking in there as a third party candidate, defeating the Democrat and Republican candidates to become
2: the fucking celebrity governor. You love to see it. That's that's the constitution at work.
1: Jesse Ventura, man, he is an enigma of the entertainment industry. He really is.
0: Today, he's known, I would say, mostly for his TV show Conspiracy Theory with Jesse Ventura, which ran for three seasons. He's become a
1: big conspiracy guy. I'm right wing, some left wing. I... He kind of dabbles. I, I remember seeing that advertised and that was actually one of the things that led to me seeing Predator. my dad because he was like jesse Van drew because it was advertised one day he's like what the fuck and, you know i was like what's he doing on this show and then you know eventually that led to like you know Predator. my dad being like yeah this is when he was cool i saw a t-shirt once i really wish i'd
0: gotten it was a t-rex with blaine's hat and a minigun <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> he will forever be the sexual Tyrannosaurus because the
0: Oh, you got to be confident through the fucking roof to refer to yourself as a sexual Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> Beautiful. You, you got to love it. How do you not respect that?
1: Oh, he's <laughs> one of my favorite characters in the movie. Like, hands down, yeah, he is dude.
0: fucking great. <laughs> I wish I had anybody want to avenge my death as fiercely as Mac does. Like, wants to avenge Blaine. I mean, he the-
1: shot down a fucking section of the forest. I'm like, Jesus Christ, guys. 200
0: rounds. Of a minigun into the jungle not to mention what everyone else was shooting in there and he's you know like pressing a razor up to his face like you know screaming Uh the little richard
1: lyrics into the jungle he's lost his fucking mind dude i that scene man like look they definitely didn't kill the predator obviously but they killed a lot of other animals native to that area (laughs) there's a lot of dead animals there I wonder how that uh, with the original
2: look, like it's more bug-like. I wonder if that played because before you really see the Predator, the first thing he does is with the scorpion and like kind of stabs him. He's like looking at it. I wonder if that would have been tied into it. (laughs) I love that Mac does get him in the leg
0: and the Predator's like got to take a breather and like patch himself up. And he's just like, God damn, fucking. I mean, I wonder if that's like the equivalent of like, you know, hunting deer and one of them like, Gets their antlers in your fucking leg. And you're just like, didn't expect that.
1: These things aren't supposed to fight back. <laughs> you know? I always think of the fucking robot chicken skit now and like, don't kill the humans. Don't kill me. What's wrong with you, man? <laughs> the hippie predator. Boo. Yeah. Boo! Yeah. <laughs> oh, funny. Humans are our friends.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, Next up, we got Elp- Elpidia Carrillo, who plays Anna, an insurgent who becomes an ally. Uh, she was also in Salvador, Solaris, Seven Pounds, The Tax Collector, and the TV series Mayans MC, which I haven't seen yet. I was a big Sons of Anarchy fan. I keep meaning to check out this show. Uh, and I like her a lot. I like that she's just fucking with them. She speaks English the whole time. And yeah. she's very much like, you know, a, a villain in the, you know, in these human conflicts but then once the predator shows up she's like okay these are the these guys are the only way i'm getting out of this alive so i'll stick with them
1: yeah i like how you know she works so hard to get away from them and then as soon as the predator makes the the first kill of the movie he will get to that interesting casting choice uh for anyone who knows their film history and history of this franchise um but uh, after that, it's she's like, okay, I'm going to stop trying to run away and stick with them because they're the only thing keeping me safe from this goddamn thing. Well, I also like the kind of
0: mutual respect that grows between her excuse me, her and Dutch, where it's not like a romantic thing. It's just like, you know, survivor's interest or something. And I, I, I do like that a lot.
2: Yeah, yeah I was going to say like for, uh, I mean, for 87, not that this is anything close to a woke movie or does it need to be. But I will say that uh, yeah, they don't, I like when they, like when you look back at films like this and it's so like hyper-masculine that that's like one good thing to see is like, okay, they didn't completely like just exoticize this this kind of like not love interest but just kind of dam, damsel in distress kind of character. Um, and also like I feel like Mac and uh, um and Dylan are like on pretty like everyone's on pretty even playing fields. You see like it's like yeah, they're very much like ex- or military Ds that are just like all equals, just kind of. I did read that him.
0: the original plan for Mac and Blaine was they were going to be uh, white supremacists who <laughs> really didn't like taking orders from Dylan. But then when they cast Bill Duke as Mac, that went away. But there's still some animosity there, like Blaine spitting on Dylan's shoe in the helicopter and Mac being like, I don't care who you were back in the world. Give away our position, I'm going to kill you. Like that's still there, but now it's in a much different context.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, now it's just because see CIA and you know. Yeah, now he's or, just a
0: prick who's misleading
2: them.
1: Yeah. Um yeah. Uh I do like that. I like when you mentioned the woke thing, I was gonna say there is no movie in hell that if you cast the <laughs> body of Ventura, that it's gonna be even remotely woke. Yeah. <laughs> or PC or anything. You the moment you cast them, that goes out the fucking window. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, boy. Next up, we got Bill Duke, who plays Sergeant Mac Elliott.
0: He was also in Commando, American Gigolo, Menace to Society, Payback, Red Dragon, X-Men The Last Stand, and Mandy. He also directed Deep Cover and Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit, as well as a lot of TV and several documentaries. So he's a very uh bit of a renaissance man, Bill Duke. He also has a um, foundation that uh brings like quality, what he calls edutainment, to people. He's a very well-rounded individual i have a lot of respect for bill duke
1: oh i've always loved bill duke i was about to say, you better not forget mandy in that list because i freaked the sh- fuck out when i watched man the first time i was like holy shit it's bill duke it's bill goddamn duke and in <laughs> the way he talks I mean, i'm like he's pretty much playing the same character yes <laughs> there's something out there man yeah. jungle and i'm like oh my god he's playing fucking mac right now <laughs> He
0: was in an yeah. episode of Lost. I remember I was watching Lost. It was an, a Sawyer episode where he was in a jail. He was in a uh, in prison in Georgia, I think. And Bill Duke was the warden. And I was like, "Oh shit, Bill yeah. Duke, prison
1: warden, sign me up." He he does that. He popped up in a uh, Black Lightning on um uh that the CW show, which by the way is a reverse coming to an end as of was announced today. Flash got confirmed for a season nine, being the final season. Um. But yeah, he popped up in that as like the head of this very shady, you know, agency, and it was Bill Duke, so he crushed it. He was great. Yeah, I wanted to see Deep Cover for
0: years. Like, I didn't know he directed it till I was doing this research, but it was it's Lawrence Fishburne and Jeff Goldblum and like an undercover cop in a drug ring thing. I love the song that uh Dre and uh, Snoop did. So I've, yeah, Deep Cover's been on my list for a very long time. And now that I know Bill Duke directed it, it just went up.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, Bill Duke is the fucking man. Like, what he pops up in obviously here he died if he's playing the one that's clearly snapped the most and he just he sells it i mean he you're like dude you need to calm down and then like when like how he kills that pig or the wild boar i just say i don't want to offend anyone by saying pig wild boar <laughs> the more the more annoying fucking breed of pig if i if you want to put it like that um but he kills them. They're like messed with him. He's just like, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> as much as I do love the the, the final
0: confrontation between Arnold and the Predator, how cool would it have been if they'd subverted expectations and Arnold had gotten his head blown out and the final confrontation is between Mac and the Predator? I mean,
1: I still watch it. Was that? God, that head blown out. What a nerd. I love how this film just absolutely, especially in 80s action films in general did this. It embraces that all rating when it's violent. Like it's us cool, go like, it is horror movie level goals when these guys are getting fucking killed? Like seeing the blood just fly into the camera after he gets fucking laser blasted. I'm like, oh my god! Yeah. Well, this thing is like a perfect Long Island iced tea
0: of action, horror, and sci-fi, and some comedy, just perfectly layered with the right amount of each to make is- this perfect movie. Are you saying it's the chose- comedy?
2: He chose the shittiest drink to elude Predator 2, by the way. Whoa, whoa. I, I hate Long it. Island's, but... Uh... I
1: enjoy a good Long Island iced tea. Let's <laughs> calm down. No, um, no, but that is like, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the support, Caleb. I appreciate it. Welcome. I'll give you that one because I actually do like a Long Island iced tea myself. It was the first cocktail that popped into my head. God damn it.
2: No, that was really good. Though. <laughs>
1: now, I, I like how you say comedy. So are you saying you laughed at... um? the jokes about his girlfriend's pussy so much yeah well i laugh more at uh
0: billy's insanely huge laugh at the joke oh yeah it's like just it wasn't that funny man but i appreciate the props that and you know sexual tyrannosaurus always makes me laugh but yeah there's some moments in here that like you know when when arnold throws the machete at the guy and goes stick around around you, know,
1: yeah. you chuckle yeah i i love how they sneak those in the little like run liners Arnold does in that whole sequence of like the stick around and he's oh there's some other stuff he says that's really funny. Knock yeah. knock. <laughs> yeah, no the kind of uh as
2: shitty as Batman and Robin is. You know, <laughs> one of the saving graces for me is like the corny one-liners, you know. Uh thank you Arnold because if you enjoy it as, for camp, you, this is not a good Batman movie, but if you look for it for camp and corny one-liners, it is the movie. I I, I loved hearing by- everybody
0: talk about their like their time on that movie as like you know it was dreadful. I hated doing this cartoon movie. It almost destroyed my career. And then Arnold's like, I had a great time. I got to be a Batman villain. I got to joke. I had a frozen cigar. I made 20 million dollars. Great time.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah sorry are of, so, And look, I stand by it. That movie's terrible, but dear god, Schwarzenegger knew what he signed up for. Yes. And he is the only one apparently in on this whole joke. <laughs> and is having a hell of a time just spouting off ice puns for two goddamn hours he showed up and kicked all sorts of ice it was a great time for him (laughs) i hate when they interrupt the movie i
0: still love that at every dc film that draft house shows they show that clip beforehand of mr freeze blasting the dude and being like i hate when people talk during the movie every single dc movie i've ever seen at draft house
1: Uh, dude, I, I stand by it, man. Schwarzenegger knew he was like, I know what to do for this movie.
0: Yeah, he's like one of the few actors who can do a movie entirely out of puns, and I don't bat an eye. Yeah. No it's just, one did. It's I, would
1: argue, I would argue he's the only one in that movie that did, did not have their career affected at all.
0: <laughs> at all, yeah, nobody. Uh, Clooney
1: had to make some
0: amends. Chris O'Donnell and Alicia Silverstone disappeared. Uma Thurman still had Tarantino, but that was about it. Arnold was fine.
1: Yeah. He just went on and did more fucking movies
0: in the 90s. He followed it with like fucking eraser and end of days. Nothing
1: ever hurt his career. No. Not only thing that hurt his career is that he literally started to become governor. Like that that's what did it. He could have I easily kept going probably for a long time. And then what happens as soon as he leaves office? He does
0: the Last Stand, Expendables three, Escape Plan. Just went right back into it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it did not stop. You know what? Most of those films are actually not bad. Yeah, his his post
0: you know governor career hasn't been like amazing, but some decent flicks. Yeah,
1: I, li- I remember I liked Last Stand, pairing him up with Johnny Knoxville. I was like, okay, I'm checking. Escape stuff.
0: Plan, you know Arnold and Stallone finally burying the hatchet and doing a, a kind of a buddy prison break movie.
1: I, I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. I didn't think we need to have like three or four more films with Stallone in it, but. Yeah, I don't we know what are. happened there, but <laughs> I'll take what I can get.
0: Uh, next up, we got Sonny Landum, who plays Billy Soul, the tracker. Uh, he was also in The Warriors, 48 Hours, Lockup, Poltergeist, and Gloria. He died in 2017 at 76 years old from congestive heart failure. And Apparently, he was a fucking psycho, and we're going to get to that in the, tri- oh, in the talking- trivia towards the end
1: oh i was about to say what the bodyguards they had to hire <laughs> yeah we're going to talk about that later okay not for the reasons you're
0: thinking oh <laughs> no but billy i i like the character of just like he knows what's going on from the very beginning he's just afraid to talk about it
1: and I, you know, I like so, how it's implied that he doesn't really talk a lot to begin with like he's kind of like the one member of the team that even they're kind of scared of like even dutch kind of purchases him, like hey buddy you good got a question yeah um, he was my favorite he was
2: my favorite character growing up, or like first time watching this um and i really wish they would have given like okay this guy is so badass like what does you know what did he do to her because this is a whole crew of badasses so what is what makes billy stand out that he's just like oh there's no fucking tracks you know yeah. what makes him be like that, that guy
0: <laughs> i love the line where billy says, like, there's something out there, and it scares me. And Poncho's like, what are you talking about? You're not afraid of any man. He's like, there's something out there, and it ain't no man. And everyone kind of clams up. They're like, if Billy says that, something's on, something's going on.
1: Yeah. Well, and, what, and I wonder if this was probably intentional with the new one, but, like, if you notice, he's Native American in the movie, and now with we Prey, yeah. we're going heavy. Like, it is Native American, um, to the point where you know there's two versions of the film coming out the one that's dubbed in Comanche and the one that's done in English. Really? That's yes. awesome. I didn't know when, that. Yeah, when you select on Hulu, it, there's options to watch it in its original Comanche language or with English. They filmed it both ways. Um, wow. So that's it's awesome. awesome. Yeah.
2: yeah, that is
1: awesome. Yeah. I don't know. I can't, I'd have to look it up, but I wonder if Billy was part of the inspiration to go the route they did with Prey.
0: Maybe that's why he was so aware of this thing maybe he's heard he'd heard stories from you know other tribes or something pray might be a direct prequel to to billy which would be
1: interesting it would be we won't know we won't get an ideal till friday i know the review embargo finally lifts on the third of this month so we should at least be seeing what people are saying i'm sure some jackass will hand out it because they always do that shit yeah well i'm excited
0: um Richard Chaves plays Jorge Pancho Ramirez, demolitions expert. I also love that everybody on this team has a purpose. Uh, he was also in Witness and the TV series War of the Worlds, but, but not a lot of, not a lot else.
1: Well, as far as I not purpose, it really feeds into like, that What I would say is probably the most realistic aspect of this film is that they are using what a Spec Ops team is supposed to be, which is everyone in that team in Spec Ops serves an overall purpose. They are a key component of that team. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, they didn't have to do that. That's the thing. Like they could have just, you know, said, here's a group of, you know, nameless soldiers who are going to kill by the predator. And you only recognize three of them, but no, they gave us a team that had camaraderie that you could tell had history together that everyone had, you know, a a, a role here and you get to see them operate when they take down the guerrilla camp. And then, yeah, you just like you care about these guys when they start getting picked off. It's a, it's a really well done group of characters. Well written.
2: Yeah. From what I heard, and Jesse Ventura definitely gives himself a lot of credit and on the set of this movie. He talks about his, his, he's like quote to say that his muscles were bigger than Arnold, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I do believe the part, because he was actually in Vietnam and, you know, the precursor to the SEALs. I really do believe that he like aided into that. Like, okay, well, this is how a real unit would walk. Like, this is how you would really do this. And so, uh it's cool that he had that sort of insider knowledge, I guess, since he was also in a jungle, uh, <laughs> but that's one aspect about the production of this movie. I definitely do believe. Oh yeah. <laughs> Jesse Ventura gives himself a lot of credit. That makes me fun.
0: Finally, we got Shane black as Hawkins radio operator black would go on to direct kiss, kiss, bang, bang, the nice guys, iron man three and the predator.
1: Uh, and frankly, I don't think he did a very good job, but well, i I, i've heard that was a lot of studio meddling so what he had written and was playing to direct from what i understand was vastly different from Mm. the studio coming in and messing with the movie
0: well i've noticed that when he's doing his own thing it's great but when he's a friend in a franchise it's not great so i don't i'm sure a lot of that's the studio but also he's
1: got a a little bit same a drop same studio though I've heard there was intense. And if you wa- watch the program, I'm like, yeah, this was studio metal. Like, something's just watching makes me go like, this is not a cohesive vision. Like, someone stepped in behind this dude's back and did some shit to his movie. Regardless,
0: as Hawkins, he's, you know, our first victim, but also just kind of a jokey. You know, he's the guy who's constantly joking about his girlfriend's giant vagina.
1: He wasn't even really supposed to, like, he was casted because he was one of the script writers. <laughs> Yeah, he was,
0: he polished the script up, but they also wanted him to be like the nerdy guy. He didn't want to wear those glasses. They're like, we need you to wear those glasses. And he came up with those jokes on his own.
1: <laughs> and it's funny because like in a weird way, like again, but it kind of works and it's, it really kind of is like the template of these like, you know, spec ops type films in general when you have like military and these these groups of people, is that you wonder, you still going, how did he get in this like in this group? Because he's not nearly as big. He's clearly not trying to be as big as they are, as macho as they are. But like he's very useful uh, behind everything. He gets the job done, and they they deep down they like him, so they keep him around. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of he's the baby of the group.
0: Yeah, he's yeah. like you know you can tell he hasn't seen nearly as much shit as the rest of them. And I think like you know they're all kind of like Dutch feels protective of Hawkins. I can tell there's a, there's times yeah. where you can kind of see that.
1: Yeah, like he's like may not see as much, but he's our guy. You know, no one fucks with him but us. So yeah. Yeah. keep him safe. <laughs>
0: So, Predator has an IMDb score of 7.8, Rotten Tomato score of 80%, grossed 98 million on a budget of only 15 million, really good in the 80s. It was nominated for one Oscar Best Visual Effects, which it lost to Inner Space, uh, which I haven't seen, but I've heard is an interesting movie. You know, you know, you know Inner Space, guys? Mm-mm. The movie where like these people shrink down and they go into either Martin Short or Dennis Quaid. And, like, it's an adventure in the human body. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the visual okay. effects are really cool. It'd be brother.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: It started a huge sci-fi action franchise that continues to this day with a fifth film coming out this Friday. Uh, so let's discuss some highlights of Predator. Uh, first thing I'd like to go in into is Alan Silvestri's incredible score for this movie.
2: Oh, yeah. The score is fucking yeah. fantastic. <laughs> It definitely is not the same 80s action
0: movie without the score. Oh, no, that, you know, like that's that's fucking
2: awesome.
1: (laughs) No, I like it's like 80. It's just like the movie. It's like 80s action school, but mixed with just the tinge of like sci-fi horror to get you like the type of movie you're watching. Yeah. Alan Silvestri is one of the unsung
0: heroes of of movie music. You know, I don't think he's really gotten enough credit. I mean, you know, he's the guy who did the music for Back to the Future. He, He wrote the Avengers music. Uh, he's he's a he's a incredibly talented film composer and Predator might be my favorite of his.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Predator is fucking great. also the music and even the sound effects, like the sound effects for the Predator, are like really fucking good. Yeah, this should have been up for sound design, score, like yeah.
0: makeup. Yeah, you know, this should have been all over the map at the Oscars, but it's not the Oscars. You know,
1: favorite genre. So no. And they would not be caught dead nominating anything, Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Who <laughs> was in. Um I uh one scene I like, and I didn't realize it until I was watching it this time was like just how well that helicopter scene we kind of like talked about, you know. Obviously, the one where we can't we can't say for you know good reasons. It does a good job of establishing who these characters are. Like in that short amount of time, it's only like I'd say 10 minutes or less of the film. It does a great job just establishing who everyone is, their role in the group. You know, and just it gets literally all the kids. to where like by the time it lands, you're you're in with these guys, you're like, Yeah, I want to see what what this gang can do. I'm investing in these characters already.
0: Yeah. yeah. I love the use of Little Richard's long tong long tall Sally to kind of you know get us like get us knowing these guys. It's a great song to kind of just put you in the mood of like, ah, these guys bust balls all day long. They're just you know, goofing around with each other, they're brothers, but they're also gonna, you know, fuck with one another. It's like Yeah, they they feel like like brothers. You you get you get that vibe immediately. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. I I definitely think on the surface too, you could definitely get those guys that are just gonna like this movie just for it's because it's a cool action movie. Um, But I think now looking on the scene, it's very ironic the choice of words that he uses when he's literally listening to Little Richard. Um, It kind of was like, oh, there's like the duh, like you know, very ironic of him to be this machismo sort of character. Um, uh, you know the, the, these are definitely not idols but they're definitely like okay the uh, the action heroes that you need for something like this well i've i've heard like there's a whole study of this film that
0: it's a metaphor for like the just, like t- what toxic masculinity does and how like predators killing these guys in accordance to like what their masculinity each means to them yeah and that's really cool i've seen the th- same thing with alien and femininity so it's I get why people like before AVP, like people pitted these guys against one another because like it is it's masculine versus feminine in a weird way.
1: It's mm-hmm. it's it was, cool. There's it yeah, there's a deep philosophical uh look at that, which is actually really interesting, but also just the sheer fact that, like, in a way they're kind of similar, right? Like the alien they always talk about in that series is the perfect killing organism, it's the perfect species. Mm-hmm. Predator is a thing that lives. It's life off of being the ultimate predator, you know, the ultimate killer, essentially. So it makes sense to take these two kind of like almost similar, but obviously vastly different in their own ways and say, let's try to pick them together. And what on that note, I will say this now that they're under the same um mouse house, uh I hope to God Prey does good, that alien show they're working on and FX does good, and that maybe just maybe boys we get an r-rated revamp avp because if you're trying anyone who's all like oh it's disney blah blah. like again 20th century studios is owned by disney they just don't put their name on it so then we can get r-rated material so predator
2: Here's
1: yep that's my predator there's that me and predator being a disney princess <laughs> um what do y'all think of the assault on the gorilla compound
0: where they we get to see these guys in action stand out action scene
1: yeah, yeah, I I actually forgot until watching it now how great that action sequence is. It's just it hits all the wickets you want out of your eighties action movie explosions and then seemingly never getting hit but taking everyone out with ease. Um, watching it in four K, man, those flames really uh they really they really pop the 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 flames and stuff like that color fucking popped on the on the four K transfer. I was kind of impressed.
0: Awesome, that's nice. <laughs>
1: yeah i didn't uh i totally agree i think
2: i didn't really catch the parallel um between that scene and the end scene where it's dutch uh alone versus the predator and like i kind of see it now in the rewatch of like at first like you establish these characters as the predators they're the pinnacle of like fitness of military you know martial arts like everything that being encompassed like these guys are the warriors And in the movie, it's, you know, the one survivor who is like the complete opposite, who's like, you know, it really is like that parallel by the end of the movie that I didn't catch the first time. Hell yeah.
0: And that scene is just, you know, fucking awesome. It's it's and I I love the whole story of like, you know, the CIA used Dutch's team to kill a group of Soviet backed insurgents who were going to. Starts some shit in Central America, and you know Dutch feels betrayed because he's a rescue team, and he was manipulated, and all that kind of just disappears when the Predator shows up. But I like that we've already got kind of a, a good, like meaty plot here, and then Predator just shows up and fucks all that up.
1: Yeah, it, yeah, it's really like you know, it, like I said, this film does a great job of giving you just standard at the time you know eighties action story with just hints here and there um that something's amiss um with the only thing really kind of giving it away the most is the opening which if you look i don't know if you saw it in your you're looking it up they actually john mcturton had zero idea they filmed that opening because he didn't film it they added it later someone else added it from the studio i had that into the movie without telling him so he was like what the fuck this was not my opening i gotta say we do not need the opening it's just to hammer
0: home, like, hey, guess like in case you were wondering, it is an alien. It's like we kind of like we we get we gathered
1: that. I had an ideal um, yeah. of seeing what it looks like and what it can do that it was on of this earth. Um,
0: yeah. Like, was, I, I hate movies that treat its audience like we're stupid.
1: Yeah, well, don't play Mcterran and apparently they he did not film that opening. His opening was what you see with the helicopters coming in and you know, the Dylans and all that stuff. Um but it does a good job of just saying, like, this is your standard action movie. And then, like I said, like, you know, you start seeing the Predator vision. Things start kind of like, oh, okay, something's amiss. And, yeah, like you said, it switches. But it does it to the point where, like, yeah, all that stuff about, like, oh, you betrayed us kind of goes out the window. But because of how flawlessly they can they flip it to, like, the Predator behind them. Yeah. And kind of like, well, it doesn't really matter because we have this much bigger issue. You just yeah. go with it. You're fine. Yeah,
0: yeah it works so well because it's it's a good script. It's not just, like, abandoned entirely. There's still that animosity between the team and Dylan because of how this went down. And that just gets translated into the Predator story where Dylan realizes what's at stake here and what he's done and how it's his fault they're here. So he takes on the the responsibility of, like, you know, try to make a run for it. I'll take this one. Mm. Uh, Yeah, it's important to the story, but and I do like that it's kind of two movies pushed up against one another that mesh very well.
1: Yeah, yeah
0: um i've always loved when the predator picks up the scorpion when you finally start realizing like what is like something really is hunting them like they're not crazy there's not some and also it's not human just looking at its hand it's like oh shit this is something else and him like you know recording dialogue and you know max voice and billy's laugh and all that i love that whole bit using that as like a bait and switch so cool yeah.
1: Yeah, I like I like the little snippets we get of the predator and you know how they really savor the fucking full yeah. reveal. You know who plays
0: the voice of the predator? Peter Cullen, aka Optimus Prime. What
2: the fuck? <laughs> <Yep>. That's
0: awesome. <laughs> Pretty cool. That's awesome. He almost didn't do it. Uh he had just done some like he just hadn't like a, a throat condition, and I guess that helped him get a little gravelly. For the Predator. So he, he decided to do it. <laughs> sure. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, So the first death we get is Hawkins, who gets sliced and dragged away, and they never find him. He's just dangling up in the trees, ripped open. Uh, Anna's the only witness, and she ain't talking.
1: Yeah. No, dude, I love how the Predator's so, like, vicious, and you see, like, the the people hanging in the trees. You got, at one point see him rip the dude's spine out. <laughs> Like it just this movie doesn't hold back showing you like how brutal the predator is. It does not care about how you feel when it kills you.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I love that it set it's, it establishes that by showing us like the green
1: berets
0: that he like killed without a trace, skinned them alive, and left their corpses as a, like a warning. Like these are green berets, and this this thing fucked them up without leaving any evidence behind.
1: Yeah. Like, green berets like the top of the top of the top when it comes. Yeah. To- Special forces, so taking them out, Jesus Christ. I would have turned back and be like, Nope, I'm out. <laughs> I don't like this. No, I think it's I... very
2: fitting that, uh, yeah, it's very fitting that Predator's a Mortal Kombat character because it's like he takes some of the scenes of the gore that's like, Okay, this is like, yeah, this that's his fatality. He's gonna skin you.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, it's cool. And I love the, the whole trophy thing. Like, you know, he takes skulls, he takes spines and skulls, he cleans them up, he's got his bag. Then he goes home, and I'm assuming like puts him on the mantle. <laughs> it's, yeah, I wonder if this is like considered. Like, you think Earth is considered like a dangerous place to hunt for a predator, or if this is like a quail
1: preserve for them? I feel like a quail like preserve because they've they've done it quite a bit in like a lot of movies. Now, like they just keep going back to like God, this planet's awesome. They just keep overpopulating. There's so many people we can kill. <laughs> I do love that glimpse you get in Predator
0: 2 of the Predator's trophy room where it's like there's a xenomorph there. There's like a wooly mammoth. There's a Neanderthal. There's some nondescript alien creature. It just, you get the scope of like how long he's been doing this and how far across the galaxy he's been doing this. It's, yeah. ah, oh, Predator 2 is underrated as shit.
1: I think the franchise itself is one of the few that its its lore gets actually added to in such a fun way. Because usually when they start adding to it, they're like, oh, my God. Um, aliens by a good example, when they really tried going whatever route they went with Prometheus and covenant with yeah. the Lord. And I was like, what's going on here? Um, but with predator it's like, yeah, Predator to establishes more that okay, they've been doing this for a long time. They come to Earth, they're sort of off to hunt solid edition. It's it just as more badassness to it. And then predators, they then go, oh, sometimes they like to just capture us and take them to our fucking their planet, and then we're on their game preserve like fucking animals. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And I love that we get to see more versions of like even the predator we've met is low on the food chain in terms of predator. Like those that they're being hunted too. Like
1: yeah, there's a race that lives off hunting. And you know, for all the all the wrong that the predator did, the Uber predator, the fuck they call it, that thing was badass. Like there's one that even the predator's like, oh fuck, we don't want to mess with that one.
0: Yeah, but I feel like they just did that in Predators. Like it was just kind of lifted from that. So I was kind of bummed about that.
1: Yeah, but look, I'm trying to put something positive on that damn movie. Okay. It's a movie <laughs> where they use autism <laughs> to fight a predator. Okay. Fair enough. I'm, I'm, We're I'm gonna get there. You. We're gonna talk about that.
0: Um next up we got Blaine who gets blasted from the back right in front of his his uh his beloved. And Mac freaks the fuck out, just starts mowing down the jungle with old painless. Everyone follows suit, and oh,
1: fuck like- no. no one questions it. And then, like when they do stop, and Mac is still holding on to the fucking the trigger, Dutch just looks at him like, "You wanna, you wanna stop him there, bro? You wanna, <laughs> yeah?"
0: And uh, Predator, you know, has to get Blaine's body. I love that he like creates a diversion. He's like, "I got to get that trophy, or else that this was meaningless." steals the body (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh that that Need my prize. and uh then he gets mac blasts him in the fucking head out of nowhere where you kind of think like he traps him using i think dylan's voice or something
1: yeah he used his voice and he's like, at first, you're thinking, like, Matt kind of has a good game plan. Let's let's see how this plays out. And then you see the fucking three-dotted red laser, and you're like, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, it's a hell of a gun.
0: Uh, Max dead. He gets Dylan. I love Dylan's, like, last stand when he
2: blasts his arm off and the arms
0: still firing in the gun. Oh, it's such a
2: badass moment. That is such a... I wanted to talk about the scene. It looks so good. Like, it is... Uh, for army... I got into this weird army movie phase um, like a couple of weeks ago and just binge like everything they possibly could have on any streaming service. And so looking up like the different effects, like that looks so good. Yeah. For
0: 1987, this is aged remarkably.
2: This looks, this still looks
0: badass.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah. Cause that scene looks really good. And then just seeing him like try to use his other arm. The it and he just fucking sticks them, and you're like, ah, oh, damn it. Dylan's
0: death roar, and then they hear it. He's like, you know, ah, so awesome, so anguished. And they are, they're all like, oh, we lost Dylan. <laughs> oh, he's dead. <laughs> and Billy, Billy takes that opportunity to be like, go and takes off his shirt, gets a machete. I really wish we gotten to see that fight.
1: Oh, I mean, we're going to essentially see a Native American take on a predator this Friday. So, that's true. That's true. Is it just me to Billy's scream seem a little like
0: high for the like for him? His voice sounded higher when he screamed. Maybe. Uh-huh. Just uh, always sounded weird to me. Yeah,
1: we lose Billy. We saw the, predator, we saw the predator's face. He got horrified.
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Uh, Poncho gets blasted in the side of the head, which is
1: weird because he wasn't armed. He was armed earlier. I think at that point the predator was just like you're a part of this group that's been, you know, part of the hunt. So I'm I'm taking you out and finishing you off.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. And now it's and Anna, you know, gets to the chopper. Get to the chopper. Arnold said, we
1: get that immortal line. Uh, I do like because Ar- yeah. he's like as Arnold was like trying to crawl away from the scene, you can just see it behind him, just walking up, ready to do the kill, and you're like, get out of there. Get out of there, Arnie. You got this. I love that this same
0: gun that blew open Jesse Ventura and Bill Duke just kind of lightly burns Arnold's big arms. <laughs> oh, that always makes me laugh when he gets blasted by the gun and he's just got like some some like minor burns here. He truly had the biggest arms then. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, if space yeah. gun can't pierce that, I don't i don't know what can what if, what if the predator just gave up after that he goes you know what respect and just walks away <laughs> just for, throws uh, down in a
0: flintlock lock
2: like he gave to danny glover <laughs> like i'm out. for a, a nightmare <laughs> in elm street caleb you mentioned like the whole uh, home alone sequence i think the home alone sequence in this movie is also like right up there with me
0: i love that oh, this is the yeah. second
2: week in a row where we've had a movie where the
0: villain was dispatched by home alone style traps <laughs>
1: <laughs> look apparently it just works really well that is a really cool single so like after you know arnie falls into the water thank god there's not rocks at the bottom of that waterfall. um fun fact for you when he doesn't know a lot of waterfalls have rocks at the bottom and you don't always survive like you do in the movies um another fun uh, fact that water was
0: rancid and they hated filming that It was loaded with like creatures. It was tepid. and It was disgusting. And
1: wait, like what are we we talking about? Like disgusting fish? Yeah,
0: like nasty river fish and you know Uh. those Amazon fish that swim up your dick.
1: Oh, swim up your penis. Uh.
0: Yeah, sure. They were there, so they wanted to get that over with as soon as possible.
1: I mean, I don't know how many takes that poor poor Arnold had to do for that. Covered in
0: mud and shit. Like, I hope it was quick.
1: Yeah, but uh, yeah, and this is when we find out that the Predator, apparently, mud it can't see through. It, it covers your heat signature. Yep, that's
0: how Predator sees people. Their heat signatures, and if you're covered in mud, can't see you. Unless, of course, it takes off its mask and then it sees in a different way. Yeah, or as we learn in Predator Two, it could just
1: change the setting. <laughs> this one was not aware of that option. <laughs> um but uh no i do like yeah like you said this leads to the really great final you know mono mono between switching the predator and he sets up his little home alone style traps to take this thing out and this this whole segment is really badass just seeing now this one i do know they've stated for the new one it was a, a huge influence was like just the fact of like the idea that like it didn't take guns to take this thing down it took you going primal and really going back to like one-on-one we're doing this the old-fashioned way
0: oh yeah one of my favorite movie moments of all time is when dutch lights up the torch you get that music swell and he just fucking roars into the jungle to challenge this thing it's like
1: oh my god i get goosebumps every time that that is a man who's lost his whole team he's had a day and he's about to fuck this thing up It is extremely personal now.
2: (laughs) Yeah, the last act of the movie for me has always been my favorite where it just really like you are completely out of the sort of action and now it's like he's like on the hunt. He's taking the fights with the predator. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's
0: awesome to just like he's figured this thing out. He knows how it how it hunts. He's going to use that against him. And when the thing takes its mask off and you finally get to see what this thing looks like, the payoff is so good. It's not like a you know dorky looking fandam blobster. It's a monster. It's a seven yeah. foot tall alien monster that well, is gonna fuck this guy up.
1: I, I, I love how we get to that reveal. Like even the predators kind of acknowledge, like, okay, this is the true challenger. So instead of just finishing off, he takes that moment to step back and take his mouse be like, let's go, dude. It's you and me now. Well, that's something that's consistent in every
0: Predator movie is once it's, you know, the Predator's hunting, but then he comes across a challenge. And when he, when there's a challenge, it's like he wants to be on an even playing field. You know, the tools are gone. The guns are gone. The mask is gone. It's strength versus strength alone. I, I love that part of the Predator movie. Every movie, it's always like, oh, shit. Now, now we're talking. Yeah, it's
1: yeah, it's just it's badass as hell and the and the payoff is so great because we get the other one of the many more lines we've said throughout which is you know source scenario and you're one ugly motherfucker (laughs) i love how they play that in the second movie when the predator actually says it himself (laughs) i wish i hope prey keeps that i just
0: i I don't think motherfucker existed among the Comanche in 1600. <laughs> I,
1: I I I don't know. I, I will say this. It looks like I'm I'm really excited because I've heard inklings before the embargo lifts this upcoming Wednesday, essentially, and reviews can get posted. It's been a lot of positive comments on social media from people that have seen it saying this is a badass Pirator movie. That's good.
0: I'm I'm exci- I'm very excited. Um
1: yeah, so Arnold
0: fucks his thing up with a tree after when that holy note. Come on, kill me, which I always love. Yeah, kill and, me, I'm uh,
1: right here, kill me, come on.
0: Smash it with a tree, goes over to hit it with a rock. I love that. That's so dishonorable to just bash him with a fucking rock. And the thing's bleeding out. And I love that exchange where Arnold says, you know, what the hell are you? And the predator scans it and reads it back to him. What the hell are you? Like, ah, damn. And then he's a sore loser. He blows up the jungle. <laughs>
1: I love how Arnold just stares at it for a while before he close. Oh, shit, that's a bomb. I need to
0: bounce. <laughs> Does anything else have an ominous tick like that? Like, he should have picked up on that pretty fast.
1: <laughs> I would have, on instinct, just ran. I'd be like, he did some things and he's laughing. I might want to get out of this area. That's yeah. another of my favorite movie moments is when the
0: Predator, you know, regurgitates Billy's laugh and it's this, like, I win, asshole, kind of last hurrah thing. It's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Ah, this movie is just perfection yes.
2: yeah for for action movie sort of run away from explosion um this one's pretty much up there for me It does not so corny it's actually like okay it's a point of concern that hey you know he needs to book it
1: mm-hmm. plus plus the stance Schwarzenegger's posing that power stance yeah when the, the smoke <laughs> clears you're like Yeah, that's a man that's had a day.
0: That that dude just survived an intergalactic hunter and a nuclear explosion. I think he's entitled to a power stance. (laughs) I think I'm surprised Anna actually went to the chopper because she is for sure going to be waterboarded by the CIA. Yeah, yeah, she is. It's a damn shame. Arnold might try to stop her, like stop that happening, but he doesn't have that kind of clout.
1: No, well, we, we... We'll never know because every opportunity to bring him back to the franchise has fucking failed miserably. Yeah. No.
0: I doubt it. I think he's just you know, he's he, I think he had a choice to you know continue a, a franchise and he chose Terminator, which is probably for the best.
1: Yeah, and to his credit, like I said, I'm with you. Pare too incredibly underrated. But I know he said he had read the script for the, the Predator and was considering it, but he didn't like the script. And that's why he turned it down. He's like, I didn't really like the script. And I'm with you, Arnold. I'm with you. Turn it down. I think, I don't think his role was very meaty. I think he was hoping, like, hey, if you're going to bring me back, I want to I do meaty or something like that. Well, he was supposed to be like the ending.
2: Uh, you, Christian, you saw The Predator? No, I've seen Predators and I've seen like The Predator 2 when I was like, um, younger, so I don't, I remember Predator 2 a little bit, but in the Predator's, like, on TV, but I didn't, I can totally miss the Predator. Alright, I won't spoil the ending, then, but the original intended... You can. Intended- <laughs> oh, can?
0: Okay. can. Yeah. Alright, well, there's this, like, box that uh, I think it's Boyd Holbrook, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he finds on the Predator ship, and the original intention was, it's this Predator killer thing, and it was, the box was gonna open, and it's, like, it's Dutch. Uh, who's is like a predator killer, but he didn't want to come back. So instead it's just like a, a suit, like a predator suit that the humans put on. And they're like, now we can kill them faster. I guess, because they've had, they've been able to do it for four movies. They could kill these things. I just, I don't see how that gives them a leg up, but whatever.
1: There's <laughs> a lot of intentions with the predator that went nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, So here are some film
0: guys and facts for predator. Number one, Dutch's line get to the chopper is Arnold Schwarzenegger's personal favorite catchphrase of all of his films that he's appeared in better than I'll be back it's he loves get to the chopper
1: it's a good one Yeah, I, everyone says it I don't know anyone that hasn't at one point just been like get to the chopper has anybody ever said chopper since 1987 everybody says chopper yeah that's everybody. how it comes out of his mouth yeah that's how you say it
0: uh, <laughs> number two the Predator's blood, a goopy substance with the color of Mountain Dew, was made on set using a mixture of the liquid from a glow stick and KY jelly. So that's how you make Predator blood.
1: <laughs> lube and glow stick. Got it. Lube and glow so, uh, stick juice. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a good time or something you don't want to be stuck in. I mean, hey, they're in the jungle. so good thing that most KY jelly is, uh, you know, water-based, so you can just dip it and it goes away. Oh,
0: I don't know how that works when you mix it with glow stick juice. I think that fucks it up a little bit.
2: You think that negates the... for a good time.
0: Uh, <laughs> oh, number three, the mandibles of the predator. That's like the little, you know, the mouth, mouth thing. That was James Cameron's idea. Who stated, you know, I've always wanted to see something with mandibles. And Stan Winston, who happened to be nearby, said, huh, that's an interesting idea. So we started drawing mandibles on the bug thing and that turned into the predator we know and love so you can thank james cameron because he certainly has many times for the uh face of the predator
2: his mandible kink
0: yeah he takes credit for this constantly he's like
2: yeah
1: i'm the guy who made the predator you think every time he watches predator or new because i was like yeah that was my ideal i think he thinks that with a lot of movies i think he's convinced himself he's
0: responsible for a lot more than he really is (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah like he's like you know how he's supposed to he was going to do like an already spider man thing. he watches like sam Raimi's version he goes like i mean without my ideal this wouldn't happen so you know i did this sure anytime there's
0: a robot he's like well i made the terminator which has robots in it so this is pretty much mine as well <laughs> oh, my oh you're God. filming underwater mine <laughs> <laughs> aquaman it's pretty much the abyss i'll take yeah. that. Thing. <laughs> um Number four, Jesse Ventura once said that firing the minigun is quote like shooting a chainsaw, which is pretty badass. And if anybody could do that, it's the body. It's,
1: yeah. God, I want I think he, I he'd bad. make
0: an awesome. If, if if they would let Leatherface talk, Jesse Ventura.
1: <laughs> no, because then he'd, he'd be sprouting. How he's a sexual tyrannosaurus as he's chasing people down. Leatherface in Texas Chainsaw 2 100% thought he was a sexual Tyrannosaurus. Just hey, at some point French heard me like, you're a bunch of slack children <laughs> in a fucking Chainsaw Massacre movie just unprompted. I don't know. I don't know. He pulls a chainsaw bad, a gun accident. out
0: of nowhere and starts firing <laughs> into a crowd. I ain't got time to bleed, but you do. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, and number four, I thought this was really cool. According to Gary Busey, when he was interviewed on the set of Predator 2, Dylan was working for his character, Peter Keyes, in, like, before the events of Predator. Peter Keyes commissioned the CIA operation in the Central American jungle, and he used Dylan to send Dutch and his team into the jungle to draw out the Predator. This had nothing to do with the gorillas. Peter Keyes wanted the Predator. He sent Dylan, who then sent Dutch's team under the guise of gorilla insurgents but peter Keyes, this whole thing was to capture the predator
1: that would be interesting if that's true because that's how they've kind of linked this whole series Gary's like little tangential thing like that to keep it linked Yeah. um yeah. obviously predators flipped it with like hey we'll just bring them to the fucking planet and just not worry about any of that but then obviously with the predator they cast uh jake busey over here, uh, i believe as the son of gary busey's character have that linkage there so i mean it it makes sense there's always been like a tangential link like that throughout the series well it makes sense you know if, if key in
0: predator 2 it's implied that like the cia you know and keys has known about these things for a while and they want one so when one you know sh- when the signs show up in, in central america he's going to send a team to go see if they can get one i totally get that that makes perfect sense to me
1: yeah, yeah. it's called predator 2 it's a direct sequel see most direct sequel they've made so yeah. it makes sense
0: mm-hmm. pretty sweet even mentioned you know dutch said you know he encountered something in central america but they quickly you know disavowed him and shut him down
1: it's like oh yeah, yeah that's right
0: <laughs> uh so real quick let's dig into the sequels just briefly first up it was 1990s predator 2 it takes place in a gang ridden los angeles with danny glover as our new hero uh didn't get was was pretty critically reviled has kind of gone down as a bit of a joke but i think has been reclaimed in recent years as more of a cult favorite i certainly enjoy predator 2 you know i think it's a good movie i love the the voodoo king guy who takes on the predator there's oh, no yeah. stopping what can't be stopped i, I love that whole thing
1: yeah it, yeah know it, king willie that was his name
0: king willie okay
1: it's definitely been reclaimed as a cult classic i know a lot myself include that like when i watched the first one i it wasn't too long after i watched two and i'm kind of as a kid being like oh that wasn't as good but as I got, i'm like no nah, predator Two is actually pretty underrated and that's what I've seen a lot of people say now. A lot of people consider it to be incredibly underrated. Um, And I think it just had a lot of do with it. Dare they not have Sports Channel come back, right? Dare they not have it in the jungle again. You know, it's the urban jungle. But if anything, like, I kind of like that the sequel goes so ballsy to say, like, hey, it's a new set of characters. Again, with some kind of tangential relation. And now we're putting the program in a new setting you Know, we've I've talked about obviously with the upcoming prey. Like, I like that you know, the predator in different settings, or in this case, different time periods, and seeing like what he's capable of doing. So, yeah, this, this was really the first sequel to do that, and yeah, underrated, right on. Uh, then there was
0: 2004's Alien versus Predator, which sees three juvenile predators hunting the xenomorphs from the alien franchise in an ancient pyramid in the Arctic. And uh, we covered this one on episode 121 uh, a while back. Uh, I don't know why they took two R-rated franchises and made a PG-13 spinoff. That was stupid, uh, but it's not bad. I think the first AVP is a decent watch. It's not amazing, but you no, know, it's watchable.
1: It's a, it's a fun enough watch, but that always bugs me. I'm usually not a stickler for like um, ratings like that, but like yeah, it when you take two R-rated franchises and like did and then the fact that um, Paul W. S. Anderson, the guy that has done Event Horizon and fucking re- he's done r-rated film so it's not like is it out of his fucking realm of possibilities here yeah so for him to double down and be like no this was the film we shot because i know those people hoping like maybe we get Dark just got that israel on maybe the, the ceo poor to live free or die hard right they just went in and fucked with the damn edit themselves and you know made it pg-13 not the case literally what he found it to be i'm like i don't know why he doubled down on this one of all things yeah i don't know um then
0: there was 2007's Aliens versus Predator Requiem. Following the events of AVP, the King Predator, I'm assuming, goes to Earth for some damage control, hunts an alien-predator hybrid creature in a small town. This is the lowest point of probably both franchises. Well, oh,
1: this, this movie sucks. I actually watched this recently when I was on deployment just to kind of watch them. And yeah, this one sucks. You can barely see a goddamn thing. So the lighting oh. is so fucking terrible. That's the worst. Yeah. Uh-
0: and it's just yeah. gross. Like the whole pregnant lady thing was too much. The characters are all terrible and you don't like anybody. And the whole pred alien concept gets totally wasted.
1: Uh, the pred alien is wasted. I didn't necessarily mind the whole alien. Like I, I was kind of like, oh, that's that's a dark route to go and I'm down for it. But then they quickly, you know, move past it. Yeah. Um, characters, yeah, all the characters are unlikable. There wasn't a single likable character and forgettable. So many forgettable characters in yeah. this damn movie. Um, and it almost felt like they, but this time you know obviously this one's rated R this time. But it almost felt like they were doing that less because they wanted to, more because they were just like, okay, we hear you, shit, we'll make this one R. Fuck you know, fuck me, right? <laughs> type of deal. You like, almost felt like they didn't want to. They just were tired fans, changed So they were like, okay, fine, we'll fucking do it. Yeah. <sighs> Alien versus Predator. I haven't seen the second one in a
0: long time. I just don't want to. Uh, I'm sure it. we'll do it on Beyond the Bat at some point.
1: Hey, if you know if my hope is real and they do ever announce a new alien versus predator now that they're owned by the same company, yeah. again, I'm anticipating we have to wait to see how the alien series on FX does next year. Yeah, and obviously pray this upcoming weekend. Um if that is the case, it will be a good plug, it'll be a good tie-in. <laughs> yeah, yes, it will. Uh next we got
0: 2010's Predators. A group of soldiers, killers, and gangsters are abducted and trapped in a game preserve where two separate races of Predator are hunting them for sport. And this is probably the most criminally underrated franchise. I mean, a film in the franchise. This is such a fun adventure and such a cool concept and really exciting. I really enjoy Predators.
1: Yeah, I never got why people like don't like this one. I'm like this one's So I like the only negative I have for it is Adrian Brody. tries way too hard to be a tough guy. Like it's it this seems very forced coming from, him, but everything else even Tilver Grace, like his whole twist out of nowhere. Like he actually really sold that. I'm like, God damn, okay, Eric.
0: I love that the implications of like that the predators captured a active serial killer means they were doing some detective work.
2: Yeah, like they
0: studying, they were studying him. They were watching and they were like, Oh, he's the guy. All right, let's grab him.
2: Yeah, I thought this was fun. I didn't think it needed to necessarily connect to anything. I thought it was just like kind of a fun addition to the whole franchise and something different, which is always good to see. that people actually take risks and their arms just like
1: regurgitating the same sort of formula. Yeah, yeah. Plus, it was, yeah. it was really us seeing to see different types of Predators. Even in Predator 2, you kind of see they all look the same for the most part. But in this one, it's like, no, here's what the different ones look like. And like you said there, at one point, it's always it's a always badass moment more than more badass moments when like they find that fucked up camp and they're like what's going on here and they leave and you see three goddamn predators uncloak themselves and you're like holy shit they were watching them the whole they were right through the whole goddamn time
0: yeah oh, I, might, I, I might just watch that one for kicks soon um, next we had 2018's The Predator a group of mentally ill soldiers protect a young boy who's being hunted by a predator who wants to add the boy's autism to its arsenal of intergalactic weapons I don't really get that. I thought this one was dumb. The comedy was poorly timed. Again, no real interesting, memorable characters, and just kind of ripped off chunks of the previous three movies to try to make something that that meshed, and it didn't.
1: Yeah, with this one, like, in all seriousness, it is definitely a mixture of like you can tell the studio did some meddling, probably with the script, but at the same time, like. Shane Blackman, what is it when you get to franchises that you drop the ball? I don't understand, especially because I remember the anticipation for it when it was announced that he was writing to, and directing was high. Like everyone, every fan was like, "Oh shit, you got the guy! who was actually in the original film. You know, he polished the script. He knows this. He is intimate. He was there at the very beginning, and he's coming back to write and direct a new one." Yeah, like you could have not had a better match in heaven, and somehow through whatever he wrote whatever studio mailing happened you know whatever the whatever fucking have mind scenes it's gonna make an interesting beyond on the bad episode one day yes. um we got what we got and it was just like jesus fucking christ what happened <laughs> yeah and it was uh i think it was supposed to you know kind
0: of jump start the franchise they were gonna do more and then it bombed so hard and everyone hated it that it was just like Let's just start over. And what they started over with is 2022's Prey, the new Hulu original film. It's these group of Comanche taking on the Predator 300 years before the first film. Definitely the biggest shakeup in this franchise yet. New, like completely new territory and a great concept. And I'm very excited.
1: Yeah, I, I cannot wait for Friday to see this. You know, like, like many horror films I was hearing about for the year, you know, a good chunk were like, Hey, they're coming out this year, and, and it's like, Well, okay, when oh, they're coming out this year.
2: Yeah,
1: um, you know what I mean? Like, you you know, I've talked about this before. Um, luckily, I finally got you know a recent update on Evil Dead, which is what Bruce Campbell said about hey, it actually tested really positive, that's why you're not seeing a trailer yet. You know, it might get the actual release. So go got shown Hellraiser, though. So go to got shown that Hulu. Um, we'll get that but uh yeah, no, when they finally like premiered the trailer for this. Oh, I think I watched that thing, like, five times in one day. Like, it was such a bad, like, talk about a trailer that says, like, look, this is the concept, here's the predator, are you in, or are you in? You tell us on August 5th.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. My only, I, I just hope we get a physical release someday so I could you know, add it to the collection. Same, same.
2: Yeah, this is probably the one that I'm like most excited for, especially with this rewatch. It's kind of pulled me back into this franchise. I feel like I've kind of neglected. it. I definitely am more of an alien fan than a predator fan, um, just because it's what I was more exposed to. But I think Prey looks like a really good change in the in the right direction. I think that uh yeah, especially just like the context. I think there's so much more if you're gonna talk about like the ultimate hunters and be like that, you have to like include like Native Americans into that. So that's like an awesome. Take into like, oh, you know, and then especially like they're, they I mean, they're definitely gonna address just like the whole colonization aspect of stuff like that. So I'm expecting like somewhat of a commentary, uh, but also just like a really good movie as well. Same,
1: same. Well, what's what's cool is that this film has, um, Native Americans both in front of and behind the camera. Yeah. Uh, I'm very adamant about that. This is a, a Native American filmed movie which is really cool so it's all, at least you know people that that is very much their heritage size in their blood That is, you know uh people that are i think tied to both comanche and the, the the blackfeet uh tribes or something like that some other tribe. i can't i can't remember off the top of my head right now um but you know two tribes are behind and in front of the camera
2: yeah yeah i'm a huge fan, uh, fan of the show reservation dogs and so i think it's also kind of the same uh it's on hulu as well or hulu fx but uh yeah, I think, especially when you go, with like, well, nowadays every studio is trying to be inclusive, and there's definitely some times where it feels very forced and, like, definitely performative, but giving people opportunity like this has definitely been the step in the right direction to actually, like, more inclusive products that aren't just, hey, it's sort of this one flavor taste of diversity. Uh, so I think, yeah, the movie like this and the step in the right direction is definitely, like, a good type of, like, inclusion that Hollywood is going towards.
1: Yeah. And it just it just fits me with the predator concept. Like something about this just fits yeah. with the predator concept of predator, so it just works really well. And yeah, you know, like when you, it's fine because you say when it's forced, which it's fine because this is technically you know a Disney back production. And I've yeah. I complained that Disney has e- made it abundantly clear for years. Hey, look, our first gay couple. Hey, look, our first gay couple, and like everything they do. It's point where like stop it because it's not coming off you know genuine. Yeah. it's coming off just like you're doing it to do it now yeah. they've kind of calmed down thank god but you know like it's funny that you say that just because disney was one of my biggest that was one of my biggest complaints in recent years like stop doing yeah do it so much because it comes off like disingenuous and you're just doing it to check off a box and not yeah just, it'd be a part of your movie
2: yeah, no, totally agree. And I think that uh, I was also going to comment on that because there's some performative, that's not, not to get too off subject, but um, no, it's like some people, especially Disney adults and Disney fans, high, hardcore Disney fans, you know, they'll take the background gay couple and they'll, they'll take that like, oh, look, this, such like Disney's so awesome for doing this inclusion but like also Disney could make a movie about a gay couple. They don't have to just put them in the background. Like there's also that they could also make that effort for inclusion. So not like you shouldn't settle for, you know, like, not like, yo, this is a good step in the right direction, but also, Hey, these companies can also have the, the effort to put in an actual thing. Like don't settle just for this bare minimum amount of inclusion.
0: At this point in culture, I'm tired of steps in the right direction. It's like, yeah.
2: Exactly, yeah. yeah. People
0: exist, like stop acting like they don't. Yeah, it's exactly. Kind of annoying. Yeah, I want
2: them to yeah, if you're going to do it, like double down and fully embrace it. I think that's the thing. Not yeah. just like, hey, here's a little snippet of us being inclusive, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's very important. I'm glad Prey is, you know, giving us a movie, you know, fully made and featuring Native Americans. And, you know, I'm glad that I, I want to see them fuck this Predator up. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I think the only the only non-Native American is actually Tan Trashenberg, the director. Yeah. I think he's a white dude, but I think he was handpicked by like the Native yeah. American producer. Like it wasn't yeah. like they just do him. I like, I think he was actually handpicked for it.
2: Yeah, good.
1: Um, well, I give the first
0: Predator a 10. It's one of the best action films of all time. Just gets better with age. And uh, speaking for our lost uh, team member, Colton. He also gives it a 10.
1: Uh, he loves the face-off at the end. He thinks it's
0: cheesy and oozing with testosterone, but overall, really
1: good. He got, he got predated, but he still got, gave us the school. Hell yeah. Um, I'm no, I'm in agreement. This is a 10 out of 10. This is a, a kick-ass action movie. Awesome horror flick as well. My favorite Schwarzenegger film, without a doubt. Um, you know, it is neck and neck with T2, admittedly. I mean, that's a neck and neck race. Um, just a great film that kicked off to me a really good franchise that has so far been one of the the rare franchises that I only don't like one movie, you know, like I, this is pretty solid, consistent franchise. So yeah.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I definitely give it a 10. I think it does a lot of things well, and it is really rare, especially when you look at the time um, when so much of the, it was so concentrated and so heavily with like these kind of beam action movies. Um, No, this does everything really, really, really well. I think it's Arnold in his bag. He's in his best possible form that Arnold could be in. Um, So, yeah, definitely a 10 out of 10.
0: Um, Josh reviewed this uh, earlier this year or sometime last year, and he also gave it a 10. And I'm going to go ahead and speak for Austin. He, too, gives this a 10. I don't care what he tells me later. Whole team, ten.
1: I'm gonna laugh if like he seriously like, despises this movie. Like, I actually give it a five. I I don't think so.
0: I think he likes this movie. I'm gonna go ahead and assume he does. Because I think it'd be awesome if literally the whole team gave this a ten. Like we've never had that happen before. Yeah, we have.
1: So, yeah, we have on
0: stuff like Jaws. Well, I'm counting like the whole we didn't have Christian, we didn't have Colton at the time. Oh, I was about uh, to say, okay, my bad. Everyone we have at the moment. Because we've had, you know, oh. us before, pre, the four pre the before four, as I'm calling them, we've had some agreements, you know, Halloween, Jaws, but going forward, we got six to, to consider.
1: <laughs> okay. My bad. Jesus Christ hey, least least, me. Um, Let's like, exclude me, Caleb. <laughs> Look. Connor, you're still the ultimate rude one because you're speaking on behalf of Austin who yes. has not given his actual say. So I'll make sure to text us, Austin personally and ask him. Actually, I want him to hear this and hear the, I want him to hear
0: that he gave it a 10 that way. So please hold off on that. <laughs> I think that'd be funny if he just texted me like, I just heard the episode. <laughs> he's just um, like, Why he he's not going to give it a 10 now. <laughs> Uh, I hope he gives into peer pressure and just agrees with me. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, everybody. If you like the show, you know what to do. Follow us on our socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Filmgasm Productions. You can send us a message there. If you want to suggest films, give us feedback. Or you can email us at filmgasm at gmail.com. Check out our website where we have articles, reviews, trailers of upcoming films, every episode of our shows. If you want to support the show through Anchor, you can click on support this podcast on your preferred provider. And that's 200 episodes. (laughs) It's been so much fun getting here. I'm extremely thankful for the friendships I've found with this show and the films I've gotten to enjoy because of it. It's time to start the journey to 300 episodes. Going forward, we're going to be doing mostly random picks from our giant list of potential episodes that we call the book of filmgasm. Genres all across the board, just random cool shit that we want to talk about. Uh, We've already randomly selected episodes 201 to 206, and we're really excited to dig into weirder and weirder stuff across all genres. Uh, Next week to start, we're tackling our first Bruce Lee movie, which happens to be his last 1979's game of death in which a martial artist, uh, martial arts movie star must fake his own death to find the people who are trying to kill him. Lee only filmed parts of the movie before his sudden death in 1973 the rest of the film was cut together using body doubles, cardboard cutouts, archive footage, and even footage of Lee's actual funeral. There's heaps of controversy surrounding this film, and thanks to the Book of Filmgasm, it's sure to be a great way to start the next 100 episodes. Game of Death. Always wanted to see this one. The more I hear about this, the more I can't believe this actually was made into a coherent film. <laughs> so It's going to be fun. It's going to be a good one. Oh, yeah. Uh, don't miss Wild Wild West on Friday's Beyond the Bad and Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood on Oscar Sunday. In the meantime, if you're being hunted by an intergalactic big game hunter, don't be a hero. Drop your gun and run for it. Thanks for listening to 200 episodes, and keep watching movies.